Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Welcome to everybody. It's Monday, January 16th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Get your MBA. Feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Find out how by visiting business.louisville.edu. It's MLK Day. Happy holidays to everybody. We're still on from 3 to 6 today. From 3 to 6 on 4. I can't hear myself. I don't know what's going on. I'm on the blue. I, I hear you. You hear me? Okay, I'm on the blue mic. Yeah. I'm just making sure. We're on from 3 to 6 today on 1450 AM. Okay, as lo- that's all that matters. 96.1 FM. Streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. I'm sorry. I'm thrown off. I can't I can't hear myself. It's okay. We'll, we'll soldier through. I don't know what's the going on. The vibes are bad already. The vibes are bad already. The vibes are going to get worse because we're going to have to talk uh, about uh, uh, what happened on Saturday. We, we can get to some good really stuff, too. really need to too. come in today. I mean, yeah. I, I know I would have liked to have had the holiday, but it's I mean, fine. Like we're dishonoring the king. A little bit. <laughs> the basketball team did on Saturday. That was the that's the issue. We do have basketball on right now, though. At least at least there's live sports happening while we're in here. We've got uh, Michigan Michigan State Purdue on Fox being played. I was wondering why everybody was talking about Georgetown because it's all over my timeline. There apparently there are save Georgetown Rick Pitino posters all over campus i'm seeing that tweet all over the place and i realized fox is doing we used to do this uh, when we were in the big east that they did like a mlk day marathon during the day of big east games where we played marquette one year and it was like like two in the afternoon i do a show during that game yeah it's a little bit odd because some people do work on you know we it should be universal holidays but that's okay but georgetown i guess in villanova tipped off this thing and georgetown lost because georgetown always loses and everybody's is now realizing, I guess, if they didn't already, that Georgetown has lost, I believe, now 29 consecutive Big East games. So there's some talk there. Patrick Ewing is trending. Georgetown, it's never good when it's Martin Luther King Day and the top trends in America are MLK Day, Dr. King, and then you, which is the spot that Georgetown finds itself in right now is the number three trending topic in America. Uh, Usually not a good thing, and it's not for the Hoyas, but we got Michigan State and Purdue going on right now. Solid game. Purdue is up 22-11 there, the number three team in the country. Michigan State is unranked. Uh, LaSalle, Josh Nickelberry also balling out on CBS Sports Network right now, even though his team trails by 12. But we've got UofL things to get to today. We've got more Georgetown talk. Bring back Hoya paranoia. Our seasons are aligning right now, which is so we may be able to talk about Georgetown. It may feel like we're talking about Georgetown, 
but we're actually talking about Louisville. So I, we'll, I want Sleepy Floyd back. We'll get to Saturday's games. We'll get to Sunday's U of L women's game, which I thought was very exciting yesterday. The women at least gave us something positive to talk about. Football unexpected entry into the transfer portal that we're going to get to. Uh, why that happened? What happens from here? A new position of need, I think, for Jeff Brom. It was already kind of a position of need, but became even more so today. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson. We'll, we'll get to his weird situation with Baltimore and the rest of our NFL playoff thoughts as TK is ready for game week. Looking for a three-game sweep of the Giants this weekend. He's got the Eagles gear on. Oh, I love it. He's ready to rock. I mean, we, 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 we advanced the NFC title game last night. You, you pretty much did. Yeah, we did. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I can't be more happier. Although I wouldn't. Well, of course, now I, 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 I wouldn't make any guarantees right now. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you're probably. <laughs> this is beyond guarantees. This is stamp of approval. Just, we, we beat them with our starters. We beat them with our backups. We, I'm, 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 I'm not worried about the Giants. Your confidence level means nothing to me right now. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the third sex line. The Bucks tonight. Text us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns uh, from 3 to 6 today at 502-414-1450. While you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app. Save yourself some money at the pump. Save yourself some money inside. And also, for a limited time, become a Refreshing Rewards member for the first time and get a free breakfast sandwich as well as a free drink. Couldn't be easier. Go to your app. Search, big, uh, search Thornton's. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Boom. You get a free breakfast sandwich. You get a free drink. Uh, Adam on Twitter sent a message earlier today. said, thanks, Thornton's. Thanks, That Car Chronicle, for saving me 25 cents a gallon just for downloading the new app. Hashtag Monday win. Be like Adam. Download the app. And then also be like Adam and text us at 502-414-1450. Buy some combos while you're there. Combos needs to come back. I don't think combos ever really left. I mean, but... They're big road trip snack for people. It's they like are. turkey. Like, combos is like the, the most under... Maybe the most underrated... Is it a chip or a cracker? I don't like combos. Really? Why not? Like you just now, now you fan. just like the anti-pretzel ones, or will you eat the cracker ones? I thought combos were just pretzels. No, they actually come in like a it's like a soft-based cracker, also that with stuff in the middle. As well. No, I don't. Those are good. Those, those are a little better. It's not a combos guy. That's eh, okay. Another one's another one's cool. I know. I agreed. Um, <laughs> outside of the the sports happenings, how was your weekend, TK? Uh, not too bad. I mean, I didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, I am, uh, as I said. Focus heavily on the Bucks tonight because uh, in two parlays, I am five for five in the NFL this weekend. Uh oh! I am uh, five for five on the. I'm picking just the money line on all six games, and I'm five for five on the spreads. Are you really? Yeah. So I've got a decent little chunk of change on the on the line tonight. That a boy. Tampa Bay plus two and a half. We need to make some of that money back because I know you bet. Uh, I know how you bet on Saturday. Well, um, unfortunately, I mean, I would have made a lot more than I could have. I would have lost on Saturday. I did lose a. It lose a little bit of a chunk of change. That was the only basketball game I bet to, which is uneasy because I could have probably just done a couple other basketball games and made up for it. But yes, yes, uh, one team. Clearly, I need to stick to football and stay away from basketball gambling at this point. It sounds like a solid plan. As the season winds down. Because if you listen to the show at any point last week, you know, at least I guess from Wednesday on. It's all because it's all BHS. Brandon got scratched last week. That was that threw, that threw everything through a loop. You knew that Trevor Kelsey had guaranteed a victory over North Carolina. Not feeling confident about a win. Not for whatever reason. I'm feeling kind of good. An outright guarantee that he repeated again and again and again. He guaranteed a win. And folks, the guarantee did Don't not lie, come like through. halfway through the first half, you were thinking I, I was onto something, didn't you? There, no. I'll be perfectly. I'll be perfectly honest. That is not me lying. That is not. There was no point in the game where I was like, "We're gonna do this." Well, clearly, you weren't in the mood for Chinese food at that point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I liked 
don't get me wrong, I liked what I saw early on, but I've seen this song and dance now what feels like seven times in the last four weeks. And they go on their run. Now it's just now it's just like Louisville just moved the run that they they fall behind on from the beginning of the game to or late in the first half. Yeah, and they never really made a run in the second half. That was that was the difference between this no. one and what we've seen well, recently. When they put Zampain in early in the second half, I was like the vibes are thrown. He's destroyed all all my good all my all my good mojo that I had built up for this. Stop blaming this on Zan. Why does Zan come in at that point in the game? So it's not Zan's fault. We were already the game was already over at that well, point. Well, we weren't even down. Oh, no, we were only. I think we were down what like. 14 or something at that point. Trevor, what the past three months has given you any indication that this team is capable of overcoming a 14-point second-half deficit? The game was over. Drugs. The, the, <laughs> the game was over. and Cody? <laughs> it wasn't just that you guaranteed the win, which do you have anything to say for yourself? Yeah, I, I dropped a giant deuce in the bed. Do you want to apologize to anybody out there? Yes, I'd like to apologize to... Uh, to everyone who the community watched. of Chapel Hill, <laughs> no, screw those, bombs. <laughs> those uneducated poop monsters. Uh, no, I apologize. I listen. I didn't. I didn't know Brandon wasn't going to play. He was a double double guy. He was my. He was my. He was my my dark horse in the in the prediction, and he got scratched, and that ruined everything. Once again, <laughs> always taking full accountability. First of all, I'm the guy that bet Louisville to get more wins than EMU. Who are you listening to me to begin with? They could still do that. EMU didn't win this weekend, did they? It doesn't matter. They're still up four to two. You don't think we're getting to five? I mean, uh, convince me. Eastern Michigan is now, they lost to Akron by almost 60. Um, yeah. I guess. Can we beat Akron? No, we can't. A- Akron is 119 in Kent Palm. We are, what, 280 something? I wish we were in the same conference with EMU to see how we could, we could. Now. They are 325 on Ken Palm. They're one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. <laughs> Can we go back to the MAC? <laughs> we well, we've never been to the MAC, so I don't, or at least the I don't Mac think we can level. go back. Uh, Louisville is 283, one spot behind William and Mary, one spot ahead of Illinois Chicago. Both teams with losing records, but I think we'd have a shot against EMU. But as far as your bets concerned, still four to two. We're looking more and more like this is going to be a, a full on baseball score. I think five five is possible. I think we could have a tie. No touchdowns, safeties and field goals only. No touchdowns, safeties and field goals only. So the cards fall eighty to fifty nine to North Carolina on Saturday, and I'll, there's no and you cover know, streaks. The kicker, right? What? Not even covering was the kicker. Yeah, I mean, like at least you could have covered the thirteen and a half, and I could have once. I could have. I would. I would have broken some. I'd even. We're going to have to do something different to, to cover these games because it, it feels. It feels lazy saying the exact same things over and over, and, and obviously there are a few little differences from game to game, but for the most part, it's the same overwhelming sentiment, and this one's a little bit different than than recent weeks. So like you said, we had covered five straight games. We had played better, I think, in recent weeks, and this felt like a regression on Saturday. Kenny Payne said as much after the game. We could talk about his comments as well a little bit later, but Louisville, they came out, like you said, they played well early on. I thought Ellis... Clearly was motivated by playing North Carolina. It brought the best in him last year. He was hoping it would bring out the best in him again this year. They did some good things inside a little bit early on with Sidney Curry. I thought they were active defensively. And then it wasn't like the last few games where you've had a gigantic run from the opponent that's been, boom, blink of an eye, five minutes, it's over. Carolina wasn't Carolina wasn't playing particularly well. And I'm getting sick of saying that after every game where I'm like, I wasn't overly impressed with the opponent that just kicked our ass, but I wasn't overly impressed with North Carolina. Uh, Pete Nance did not play. Armando Baycott did play. 
And Baycott, as he tends to do, kicked our ass. 14 points, 16 rebounds. But he clearly was not his full self. He wasn't as – he was a little bit more limited, didn't have the same explosiveness that we've seen him have when he's been fully healthy. But that was still enough for him to, to get it didn't matter. 14 he, and 16. He treated us like, like, like Billy Madison did a third period reap. He did. And they're – like Carolina, the run that they went on in the first half to separate themselves, it took like eight minutes because they weren't scoring. Like they took the lead – and then they refuse to run away. We're trying to give them the game. We're turning it over. We're missing wide open shots. We're not playing great defense. And Carolina's playing just as sloppy as we are on the offensive end. And then, I guess because we just kept refusing to to get back into the game, they ended up extending that league. And then we never really fought in the second half. We 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 had guys running into each other. We had guys who looked like they were pouting a little bit. Kenny Payne said, you know, we had guys who looked like they weren't ready to compete. And it did just feel like a throwback to mid-December, late November, where there's not, there wasn't much positive to glean from this performance. It's a Carolina team that I, I fully expect them. They're going to get better. They're going to, to peak at the right time again this year. I'm not saying that they're going to make a run to the Final Four, but they'll be a team that'll be a trendy pick to play deep into March because we saw what they did a year ago. There's been this, I think, thought that maybe they've just been a little bit bored up to this point. They'll turn it on. I don't. Yes, I mean, I, it's, that's our excuse. Yeah, we're, we're just waiting for the we're, right time. We're just, yeah, we're just, this, this isn't challenging. But my point is, they're not a team that you just chalk up this loss to, well, they overwhelmed us. They're way better than They're better than us, but this is a, a game where Louisville should have been competitive. I thought you brought up a lot of points. There was a reason to feel somewhat optimistic about the game. Maybe not quite as optimistic as you were, but I mean, I, I was it wasn't just, a Carolina team that you you thought should, the way we were playing, the way they were playing especially when it looked like they were going to be shorthanded, come in here and just beat us down to a point where there was there, there was not much hope for a comeback for the last hour or so that you're watching that game. No, but, I'm, but I, I guess foolish Trevor, you know, how dare you how dare you think progression and evolution would, would evolve with this, would be included with this team. But like you said, I, I didn't expect to get mid-December Maui, Miami, Florida State, Louisville when you fall behind reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And we haven't seen that in the last two, three weeks. You know, we haven't, we haven't seen Louisville resort, you know, go back to that, that mindset and just kind of the, you know, woe is me, yada, yada, yada. And that's what they did. And and if and I hoped to see, you know, the team that, you know, has the two, three, four minute blunder, bad mistakes. I'd expected it. We got it as usual. And unfortunately, unlike the last few weeks, this team didn't strap them back on and, 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 and you know, fight back. They just laid down and died. They did, and like I don't know how to talk about stuff like this. This is because I don't. We've never been two and sixteen, zero and seven. We're not zero and seven for the first time, not since forty forty one, but thirty nine forty. I like how forty forty one has finally been let off the hook. They're gone. They're, we finally, we've surpassed four. We finally gotten past forty forty one. Mainly because they only played sixteen games and we're already at eighteen. Kids are so happy. The uh, the thirty nine forty team, if you're wondering, went zero and eleven in KIAC play. So that's that's who we're chasing now. Who was also members of the KIAC at the time? Like us, maybe schools in Kentucky, Murray, Bill, uh, yeah, Center. I'm sure was in there. Center. Yeah. I, I don't. What do you say? Like, because if they had played better, if they'd only lost by 10, let's say they covered the spread, which was 13. 13 and a half, roughly. Yeah, depending on, on where you were betting, going at, at tip-off. If they play better and show more signs of improvement, at this point, like nothing's going to change about this season. 
no. Outside of winning some games, there's nothing that you well, they're they're fighting. And when they take a step back, it's like, well, you know, they're taking a step back, but it's not that much worse than it's been. It's just how do you talk about a two win Louisville team as we get into late January? I, mean, I don't know what to say. As a team, there's really not much we not to sound selfish, but we have to just focus on individual players that could or could not hopefully return it and, and, and help this team be better with more talent next year added to it. It's all about the future. And, we, and we've done that a little bit through the season following guys like Mike James going crazy over VJ Hunley Hatfield and then, you know, watching, you know, Curry go up and down and wait like he's Oprah Winfrey. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just that's all we can really do because you're right. I mean, this team's not, I mean, we're not going to. The season's suddenly not going to gel at this point. There's nothing much to be said about this season. It's all even things that are about the season aren't really about the season, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's all about is Kenny Payne the guy? And we're all just looking for some signs. And if you win, you know, they have a winnable stretch of games coming up. They play Pitt this week. It's their only game. And Pitt's much better. I I'm not saying that that's a winnable game, but after the Pitt game, you've got BC on the road, Notre Dame who's surprisingly bad on the road. Georgia Tech and Florida State, those are, you know, we're, we're dead last in the conference. Those are four of the five teams that are directly in front of us. Um, Virginia Tech's the only one that's, they're one in five. They're the only bad team that we don't have during the same. You, you can win a couple of games during that stretch. And that's, it's great for this group, obviously. They've, you know, they're still trying for the most part. You'd love to see them, I mean, them get yeah. some wins, but you want wins right now, not for this season. I mean, I don't think anybody really cares if you're the 14 seed or the 15 seed in the ACC tournament. You want wins because it's some at least small sign that maybe things can be better next year with a different roster and a different everything. And that's it's weird to be thinking like that on January 16th, as bad as last year was. And it was, you and I kind of agreed, we thought it was the worst season of our lifetimes up to that point. We were still thinking, you know, about the team's improvement at this time last year. Chris Mack has not had not left at this time last year. We still we were disappointed in the way the team played. We had left open some hope that they could turn things around, maybe flirt, get back in the NCAA tournament bubble by February. All that stuff was still kind of out there. And now it's we've never, ever, ever been in a position like this where it's like the games don't matter as far as this season being like a success or or a failure because we already know how the season's going to be viewed. It, it's going to be viewed as historically bad. This is going to be the worst season that any of us have ever experienced. But now the conversation shifts to, can it get any better in the foreseeable future? And more specifically, can it get better with Kenny Payne as the head coach? And it's a weird conversation to be having when you still have a month and a half left of conference play. This is supposed to be when the games matter the most. We played North Carolina. At 2 o'clock on ESPN, that's supposed to be like you build your entire week around that. You, you know, you're, you're going to games. You're going to If you're not going to the game, you're going to bars with friends. You're having watch parties. Like the entire city is supposed to be buzzing. And instead, and don't get me wrong, I, I think they, they announced an attendance of like 14,000, which is good for a team that's 2-15. and 15, But in any other year, you've got 22,000 plus in there for that building. If things are quote-unquote normal – you've got 22,000 plus for that game and everybody's still talking about it on Monday. Whereas that game was out of the, the local conversation before it was over. Like I, well, I got, I've got friends they, who weren't it watching. Didn't help Kentucky kind of stole the limelight right away. Well, I'm talking about from Louisville fans. Yeah, I mean, like I think like I've got friends who I bet the wrong just upsets weren't game. watching who were just like, I, I've, you know, we planned things to do during this time. Like I, why would I watch this team play? And it's not 
it's becoming a growing, growing sentiment amongst this fan base is, you know, talk to me when they start doing something. Talk to me when there's something to watch. And yeah. Saturday was a step backwards in that process. And, like, I – We'll come get you when we're winning again. I think there's a term for that. I mean, yeah. But, but there's a lot of fans that are going to, to act like that. Like, the, the, it's in any sport. If you're this bad – if they've never seen you be this bad before, if they don't have much hope that things are going to get better, some people are going to jump ship or they're going to hang out in like a little life raft until you can pull them back on board when things are moving again. But it's, I, I what do you want, like, what do we say at this point? Like, what, I mean, I would do we say, sit here and come here like, well, it's bad, keeps getting bad, keeps getting worse. We're going to read the net rankings every day. Like, I, I don't know how, to, I, I'm telling you right now, everybody listening, I'm telling you up front, being honest, I don't know how to handle this I, because it pains me to my soul to see Louisville at two and sixteen and zero and seven in the ACC. It it almost like does not compute that we could be in this position right now. And I don't want to get in on here every single day after every single game and be like, "This sucks. This is the worst thing we've ever had to go through." I'm not sure it's going to get better anytime soon. We've had this conversation for a month and a half, and I I don't know. I mean, do we just start talking about other teams? Do you just want to talk about the NFL for three hours every day? I don't know what to do. Well, hey, I'm not going to really be mad about that part. I mean, I can talk about the NFL a little more if you want. I, I'm good with that. Rather, kind of avoid talking about the NBA. The Lions would have won the Super Bowl. What's that? The Lions would have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Lions would have won the one you made. Maybe, After maybe. watching these games this weekend, they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, it's because you haven't seen the Eagles play yet. Well, I have. We, sh- we should have beat them in week one. That's when we sucked. <laughs> we, we let you toy with you. Let you come back a little bit. Uh, two things. One, uh, I don't don't get rid of the net ranking updates. I'll enjoy that. I enjoy finding out we're, we're ahead of Joel's State University. I don't. I, 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 mean, I, re- I really and truly don't. It's not It's not funny anymore. It's not. We're supposed to be starting a slow climb. We're 337th in the net rankings. There are 363 teams in D1. We're, we're not, a spot behind South Carolina State, who's 2-16 and 16 in the MEAC. Is that, is that the, used to be upstate? No, they're still they're, they're, they're still, still going upstate. Okay, are we ahead of upstate at least? Um, probably. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Actually, no, we're probably not. Upstate's been a good program. You know, upstate's way ahead of us. They're two. They're two seventy. <laughs> we're not even can't even get past. The we're only ahead. You, there's like twenty teams that we're ahead of in the net rankings. So, if you if you ask a question, if we're ahead of this team outside of Hartford, the answer is probably <laughs> no. I'm giving up on Hartford. Hartford's done. Hartford's done. I'm Hartford and LIU, they're lost causes. And Uwe Pui. And Florida A&M, who we beat. No wonder Uwe Pui's changing their name. <laughs> Those four, are, they've been at the bottom for a long time. Well, so we need to, case in point, let's schedule those three teams next year. Look, we're better than Florida A&M. There's no way around it. We are a better basketball team than Florida A&M. I feel confident. The other that. thing is, I'd love to tell you it can't get worse, but, I mean, we have won at least two games, so I guess it could get worse. You mean next year? Or just. Yeah, I mean, in general. So Kenny Payne, after the game, this was his opening statement. He said, it's real simple. I had multiple guys on the court who didn't compete. You can't win. They didn't play with fire against a very good North Carolina team. You can't win. Off of our turnovers, they got 23 points. That's mental. Those are mental mistakes. I take nothing away from North Carolina. Like I said in the beginning, they're a very good team. But when you play a game and you get two or more guys that are starting or playing major minutes that are negative 20, it's impossible to make that up anywhere. Uh, he goes on to say, I liked our energy to start the game. We just couldn't sustain it, couldn't mentally sustain it. You removed North Carolina from the statement, and this is going to be the exact same statement. It's every like six games. It, it, it's, it's a lot. At least six games. I mean, I think that, I swear, go back and look at the, the Texas Tech transcript. That might have been the exact same thing he said, except for replacing North Carolina with Texas Tech. I, I, 
You know, we didn't start strong in that game. Because we've already now gotten into the, the, the great debate with Kenny Payne. It started off with, you know, is he going to get five-star players right off the bat? And then it was like, can he be really good in year one? And then it was, is he going to get DJ Wagner? And then, and like now the great debate has become, is it him or is it the players? And the the obvious answer is that it's 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 a little bit of both. And I've said this, I mean, I've said this since November. When you have a things going as poorly as they are at a place like Louisville, which has so many built-in advantages, even under the cloud of NCAA stuff, even if we were facing the death penalty. There are reasons to believe that Louisville should never be 2-16, and 16, that they should be at least a 500 or within shouting distance of 500 basketball team. And when things get this bad, there's no one answer for how we got here. And I'd love to say, well, it's just Kenny Payne. It's just Kenny Payne. Get somebody new. All of your problems are fixed. The reality is, when you're 2-16, and 16, it's the coaches, it's the players, it's the support set, it's everybody. Everybody has failed through the first three months of the season. And I don't like the the rhetoric that we're now getting from a, a lot of people who are like, the players just suck. If we had better players, Kenny would have this team at 16-2, and 15-3. This, this team is more talented than the two-win team, I, I promise you that. There's... There, there should be no debate about that statement. No, there, there, there isn't. I get that it's a poorly constructed roster. I get that L. Ellis has nobody helping him out when it comes to initiating the offense or being a, a, a true ball yeah, handler, I mean, which falls on the coaching staff to a degree, for, for sure. But even dealing with the roster that you have in front of you, let, let's say that Kenny Payne had no say in the players that he added or the players that he kept from last season, and this was the roster that he just walked into before the start of the season— it still should be a more than two win team. Oh, no, it's, it is. You've got – the talent is not up to our standard. There's no question about that. I'm not arguing that this, this could be a – you know, some people out there are like, Rick Pitino would have this team at 16-2. and two. I don't think that that's the case at all. No. But I, – I could see Rick Pitino having eight to ten wins on this team. I think that that's fair. You've got enough talent that you should be competitive with most teams in the ACC. And you should not be – I mean, remember last year going into the, the 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 losers' day in the AC tournament Tuesday, which I used to always just make fun of, and now we're becoming a staple of here. Two years in a row is coming up, and the big thought when we played Georgia Tech was, the, remember the announcer saying this, talking to all the coaches, talking to all the media members, they were all saying the one team that doesn't belong here, the one team that has no business playing on this day is Louisville, because there's talent on this roster to be a team that had a bye to the quarterfinals or had at least a bye to Wednesday. And it's only because of all the the turmoil, the coaching differences. That's the only reason why you've got a team with this many good players that's playing here on Tuesday. You got the six players back from that team pretty much that you wanted. The, and I'm talking about the fan base. And I'm talking about the coaching staff. You can argue that they weren't the, the six most talented, but people wanted Noah Locke gone. People wanted Sam Williamson gone. People wanted... Matt Cross gone. They wanted some people wanted to keep Dre Davis and and Dre. I think you know, he showed up to Kenny Payne's introductory press conference. There was thought that he wanted to stay, and, and however it happened, he did not. And his brother now is starting for Seton Hall and all that stuff. But for the most part, when we polled the fan base and when you and I talked about it, these were the six guys that most people wanted to hang around. You got those guys back, yeah, pretty much. You brought in a former five star recruit who had played at Tennessee last year. You landed a, a four-star recruit from LSU. 
supposedly. You, I mean, we still. I, I think he's still on the team. You tell me he's on the team. But <laughs> All that. And guess what? The one guy who didn't play on last year's team that we were a big mystery about, Mike James, pretty damn good. You got more than you even thought with him becoming a guy who could see the floor this year as a redshirt freshman. All that happened, and we are— well, He plays last year. We, we, we are markedly worse in every single way than we were a year ago. And I just don't know how it—I don't know how you got here, and I, I don't know where you go from here outside of the obvious answer, which is trying to kill it in the transfer portal and, and, and all that stuff. The reality is— Kenny Payne now finds himself in a situation unless these last this last month and a half goes way way better than it looks like it's going to. Unless you give us let's let's say that they win a couple of games, they end up getting. I mean, it feels like a pipe dream to say like four or five conference wins, and they win maybe two games in the ACC tournament. Which like saying that out loud feels like a minor miracle at this point. But let's say it happens. I don't think, I don't think minor is the right word to use. It feels like a solid miracle. It's a huge miracle. Like, I don't think Billy Crystal could perform that kind of miracle. If that happened, and then you went out and got some big-time transfers, then I think there could be a little bit of buzz about next year, and people could talk themselves into it. Outside of that, even the people who are staunchly pro-Kenny Payne, even the people who are like, you have to give him two, three more years, they're still not going to be... I think overly optimistic. Nobody's going to be overly optimistic about next season, regardless of what transfers you land in the portal until they actually start winning until you actually start seeing it because we've never lost like this before. It's with a first time head coach. There's no guarantee that he's not the main problem. We just don't. Everybody's guessing at this point. Everybody's guessing about what the problem is. Everybody was guessing about how they thought the season was going to go because there were so many unknowns. And now that it has been an abject failure, there's everybody's guessing about what the root cause is and how things can get better next year, how things can get better in the future. And I, I say this again, I feel like I say it every single show, getting better next year should not be hard to do because, again, we're, we're trending towards having a four or five win season. You've got to be extremely better because we don't need to see that you can get us to the NCAA tournament in a couple of years. We don't need to see that you can get us to the NCAA tournament consistently. We need to see that you can win national titles here. If you can't, What's the point? We're not hiring guys to be middle-of-the-pack co- coaches in the ACC. We're hiring coaches to get us back to where this program deserves to be and where we think it should be, which is at the pinnacle of the sport. And right now, we're not seeing a whole lot that, that's like in the cards moving forward. No pun intended. Yeah. The, uh, do you remember the year when, when I was – well, I, I wanted more talent to be brought into the transport and hopefully with, with – Maybe add a recruiter or something, even though none of that happened. Even though we, did, I mean, we got Honey Hatfield, but nonetheless, one of the things I said the positive spin that could be taken out of the beginning of the season with with the roster that we knew we had, which we we were pretty much spot on predicting, is again not it's not, it's not like the worst roster. It's a roster that should is is better than some of the teams that we've lost to, and much better than a couple of teams we lost to. But one of the things I I, I was a silver lining to take out of that was let's see what what Kenny can do. With this team and how much he can get out of this team, mm-hmm. and that 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 to me, I I get more out of that watching that someone coach a team like this than I would see if he was coaching Cal's first team at UK with you know three McDonald's All Americans and you know four draft picks and yada yada yada. I, I get you can do that. You you can you can win with that team. I mean I know the whole role. I'm I'm not saying Cal's just roll the ball out there guy, but I'm just saying any any smoke can can, can get to a tournament with that kind of talent on your roster. It's, you're falling ass backwards into 21 wins. 
not with this roster. You've got to see. This is where you see your coaching chops. And I get the team has made slow progress forward, but the speed we're going, I mean, we're not even going to beat the hair in a race. I think the issue is and, not and, just. And, and, and what worries me is if maybe we do get talent and this team does improve and we start showing, you know, getting the guys in here to Louisville. Who's to make me feel confident that when we get into the Sweet 16 and against other teams of equal level talent, that I'm going to feel confident Kenny Payne's going to outcoach said, said opponent or going to get us any better than just just riding 20-something-plus wins in a 4-3 seed in a tournament because we're loaded on talent. I, I want, I got a guy who can actually coach this team. I don't know if we've got I, – I, I feel less confident each and every game sometimes that we have that. And, and we're not going to know it until we get to a point where we're competitive in those games against best teams. And if you're talking about standing up and, and being the man – in the brightest of lights, when you're in the Sweet 16 the NCAA tournament, it's going to be a long time, it feels like, until we get to that point either. My biggest concern is you've got Kenny Payne now here over two months into the season, over the halfway point of the season, after a game against North Carolina, the reigning national runner-up, the preseason favorite in your conference, coming to your home floor, wide out, all that stuff. You've got multiple players from the state of North Carolina on your roster, including two of your best, Jalen Withers and Al Ellis. And he's coming out and simply saying, again, we had guys who didn't compete. If Forget coaching acumen, forget X's and O's and stuff. If we're not able to motivate our guys, and, and maybe it is just crap players who are all bad apples and no coach in America could motivate them, which is the talking point that you see from some people now. But if you can't get any group of players motivated for a game like that, it's a... It's a big red flag. The motivation is 50% it's right there with the X's and O's and being a good coach. And it's the same to... talking point that we've had now for like two and a half months. Like dating back to the – remember the whole Lenore Ryan debacle where the the main message after that was we needed this to happen. We weren't focused enough. We needed our to get our butts kicked to wake some people up. And my whole thing was there should never have been a Louisville team in the history of this program more motivated than this one from day one because you embarrassed yourselves last year, the guys that were on that, that team. You played far below the standards of the program that you're wearing the jersey for. And then you had the lowest expectations for any Louisville team in the modern era of basketball. I mean, they were picked to finish, what, 12th in the ACC? That's 11th in the ACC, whatever it was, was the lowest preseason prediction that Louisville's ever had in any sort of official preseason conference media poll. The lowest ever. Expectations had never been lower for you. If you can't come out fired up, there was no shortage of bulletin board material. Some coaches like to do the thing where they cut out, they, they print the articles out, they cut out the headlines, they post them in the, the locker room or the training facility. You could have made an entire wallpaper on message board stuff, on prediction stuff, on anything that could have served as motivational tools for this team. And to come out and say, we needed to get beat by a bad Division II team, which, by the way, has a losing record now this season. Not surprised. It was a – there was an eyebrow raiser to me. I'm like, who do these – what does this team think is the expectation here? What what, are, what do they think is happening here? And it's been – that's been a theme of the season also. That has not changed. And it's especially jarring when you're talking about a coaching transition. If you look around the country, and I know we can use our own personal examples. I mean, Chris Mack's first team overachieved. They weren't supposed to be an NCAA tournament team. They made it in easily as a seventh seed. Rick Pitino's first team coming off of the the you know, 12 and 19 season with Denny Crum. They almost make the NCAA tournament in year one. They had a very limited roster, but they played hard as hell. Max team played really hard as well. 
we haven't seen this team play hard consistently. We haven't seen this team shown they've improved as the season gone along. I'm not going to sit here and say that nothing's gotten better. They've definitely been more competitive up until Saturday, but it isn't the type of improvement or the the uptick in focus and fight and, and and all that all that intangible stuff that you would expect to see when you've got a new head coach and you've got some players coming back who are embarrassed and some other players coming in who should be scrapping and clawing and fighting for playing time. I mean, Brandon Huntley Hatfield came here and said, I want to be a one and done. I, I want to be in the NBA in nine months. And you don't really see that that fire from him when he's out there. You don't really see that fire from anybody. And it's just, it's all, again, I'm not sitting here saying, I'm 100% convinced that Kenny Payne's not the answer, that he you know, won't be better moving forward. I'm just saying that the red flags continue to stack up, and I'm not going to sit here and, and act like I'm not seeing them. Like, like, like I'm looking in front of me, and it's all it's all still rosy. It's all still great. You have to at least acknowledge what we've seen so far this year, and what we've seen, I don't know what to make of it, once again, because we've never been here before. And, and I agree with you with the other thing you said, was, which is you just, there's no reason to put the blame on all one individual part no. of this team or player or person. I mean, everyone has failed more than they've succeeded in their roles throughout from, from top to bottom in this roster, coaches and, and players. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, maybe some thoughts from you. We can get into the Lamar stuff in the second hour. We'll also talk about uh, a player entering the transfer portal unexpectedly today for Louisville football. That's been the, the first real big setback of the Jeff Brom era. We'll get to all that good stuff in hour number two, but starting now, we'll take some texts at 502-414-1450. Keep it locked right here. Thanks for spending some time with us on a holiday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Welcome back in. Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. It was a rough weekend for if you're a UofL fan outside of the women's basketball. Went over Florida State yesterday, but it got off on a, a sour note. I told you this on Friday, uh, CK. We were having our, like, we had like a fantasy football league dinner at Guacamole. Like, my friends and like our wives all, all came. And I brought the, because if, if you ever want wives. Yeah, the wives came. I. The wives of fantasy football. Well, they're, they're worth the dinner. <laughs> I lost the championship game by less than a point. Yeah, no, and it was no. a little dubious. I did not get the chance to to play T. Higgins on Monday night in the uh, the game that got canceled. Although Dembo, who I lost to, had Diggs and Chase, so I was I was still up against it. But there was a shot. There was a chance. Yeah, there was a chance. So I, you officially, you're 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 like the 2020 NCAA tournament. That title's been vacated. There's no champion this year in your league. Well. I'm not officially there is. I'm not acknowledging Debo for his title win. Debo, whatever. I had to bring the trophy to to Guacamole, and I walk in. Place is packed. First people I see, the entire John Ramsey and his family are there. I'm like, and, and everybody when I walk in, I'm talking to John. I'm talking to his sons. His, it was uh, Jill's birthday. Happy birthday, Jill. Happy birthday, and Jill. 
it's not just John, but everybody's like, congratulations on your trophy. Is that fantasy football? Like, I'm walking through the entire restaurant, and everyone's just congratulating me. And I'm, I'm like, well, you should be. You, you, like, you no. technically are still the champion. Well, no. Well, I, I wasn't the reigning champion either. I just held the trophy for, for like, the, the last couple of years because we haven't had a chance to give it to the person who's won. Uh, it actually should have been Dembos. He's won three titles in four years. Wait, you, wait, wait you've just been holding on this trophy you haven't even earned? Well, for the last year. I won it the year before. Like I'm, I'm my. Our, you see my championship belt for mine. Well, yeah, you bought that for yourself. I know, but the the trophy itself, I uh, the person who won it last year posted on our Facebook page. It is ready for me to pick up, so I'm gonna get a hold of him probably this today or tomorrow and pick up mine. How yeah. am I gonna let you see it? Basically, like the whole trophy thing is every wife who like, in the house just like wants it gone, and like nobody, <laughs> and, like the guys don't care enough to like go get it. So it's just like stayed in my house for the last <laughs> last few years, and yeah. I finally finally got it out of the house. Dembo took it over, but. It was a uh, it was a celebratory dinner. We also bought a cake. We had like at guacamole. They do this like very extravagant birthday celebration. They come out with like LED lights when it's somebody's birthday. They have flashing balloons and stuff. And we made that happen for our buddy who got relegated and came out like gave him like they had this like churro cart. And they're like, "This is for your." I'm told this is for your fa- farewell. For your farewell. Like, <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. It was wonderful. Like that was great. Uh, but yeah, having to give the trophy up was was not ideal. But it was. Okay. I had my first churro out today, like just a couple months ago. You've never had a churro before. I never had a churro. And the only place, I don't know, if, like how much like authenticity I can have with it. But the only I finally got a churro, and it was with Dave and Buster's. It, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not, authentic, I, not authentic Mexican cause cuisine. Because when I think of authentic Mexican cuisine, I think Dave and Buster's. It's like getting your first taco at Gaddyland. <laughs> I didn't, so I, I, it was good. I, I want to try like a authentic churro now. Uh, Do they all have like the, the the caramel and like chocolate in the middle of them? They, I mean, different kinds. Okay, you, like this little churro card had like the churros in there, and they had like little dipping cups. You could like yeah, choose yeah. what you wanted to dip it in. Like I, yeah, I'm, I need I need to go there. I need to try that place out. I mean, I need to get a churro from some other than David Buster's. They, I love donuts. I love caramel and chocolate. I was like. Yep, it's sign it, me up. All good stuff. Yeah. So we had that on Friday. Then I had we had a dudes' night on Saturday with just me and John because Virginia and Mary went to uh, my niece Audrey. It was her birthday. They got like this little cabin by the lake, and it was basically it was like it was not going to be one year old friendly. So Mary's like, "Do you care if I take Virginia and you can stay with John?" I'm like, "No, that's fine." And nobody cared besides Virginia, who when she was leaving said, "Mommy, I wish you could stay and watch John and Daddy could take me." Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's so. Uh, that's gonna make a car ride uncomfortable. She was fine. She she was fine when she got out the door. She's very much in stages, like which one she prefers. It's it's yeah. been more me than Mary. I think mostly because when John was around, Mary had to spend so much time with him. John's always been mommy first. Like he's he's obsessed with Mary, even though he refuses to say mama unless he gets really upset. But Virginia now is in a big big daddy stage. So that was I was a little bit worried, but that went well. And John was was awesome. Took my my parents for the North Carolina game, so I could actually try to watch it and he was he was horrified like the rest of us i love watching games I don't, I don't get to do it as much now with my dad because nothing's really changed like even with really good teams my dad was always horrified by our play like the, the eternal oh, pessimist lord but now it's just like he's he's it's the same sayings but just with a 2 and 16 team the, like the things that my dad has been saying his entire life about local basketball are now finally applicable like he can, but this is pathetic. This guy, I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. When we were, you know, about to win a national title, and he was saying like, this is pathetic, this is terrible. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not the worst thing in the world. 
but now it's also just you know we're also we're both kind of resigned at this point too so it's not nearly as intense as it used to be the, the one line that I heard from my dad I think every game that I ever watched with him when Louisville was good was we're gonna bleep around and lose to these morons <laughs> he'd say it at least once a game it would always come with us being like up 18 and then Southern Miss would get a steal and a layup and be like, we're going to bleep around and lose these morons. And I'm like, no, we're, we're not going to. We're, we're going to win the game, Dad. We're, we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. But it was fun watching game with him on Saturday. Um, was that was it a full week, all-man's weekend, or did Mary come home on Sunday? She came on Sunday. She came out early on okay. Sunday. Yeah. So you said Saturday night. But you had a good time on Saturday night. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. John Put was John down. Did you watch, watch, watch a little, little, little NFL, movie? A little NFL. NFL. I finished Welcome to Wrexham. Okay, I need to start that. I'm going to. I, Very I, good. I could have done it this weekend instead of rewatching all of season four of Stranger Things, apparently. But yeah, John's, of course, like the one weekend, the one day that it's just me and him is the one day where he gets up like howling in the middle of the night. And it was because he had a, a terribly hard poop in the middle of the night. And I was like, John, I, God love him, though. He always puts himself right back to sleep. He's, he's a sleeping champ. No, I was going to say, I take a hard poop. I might even go to sleep. That, that takes it out of me. Well, he was he was very ready to go to sleep, but he needed to be changed. But he was, I'm at that age, though, when I get up and have a, have a good pee in the morning, I'm ready, I'm ready to go back to sleep. It takes it out of me. Okay, I mean, I'm at the age where I'm like, <laughs> like 17. It used to be like, the used to be like the, the, a massive dump is what to, 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 to make me want to lay down and go to sleep and take a nap. Now I get up at 8 in the morning <laughs> just to go pee, and I'm like, I'm ready to lay back down. Yeah, that's, yeah I'm, I'm with you. Now, uh, did you get to listen to KRC on Friday, by the way? Um, I don't think I did. Yeah, Cal Tucker on. They 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 talked about. Obviously, they're very very anti Mitch right now. I think I heard a, a very small snippet of it. I'm sure they were in better spirits today. I'm, I'm sure they were because they were very against the, the Kentucky winning winning that game. And clearly, I was on the wrong bandwagon there. I'm picking a guarantee of a large upset. I saw Roush's tweet before really the game. Really would have loved to pick that money line at UK because they were getting like 14 and a half. 15. I know. Well, I saw Roush tweeting before the game that he was like. There's, I've had never had this little hope going into a, a, a Kentucky game or something like that, and I was like, the mood changed pretty dramatically. Oh yeah, and then Roush just despises Tennessee with all with all passion. But they, but TJ brought up an interesting story on on, on Friday's show as well. Apparently, now his wife is not involved in this, but because she had to work from home this weekend, but uh, his buddies are all like on like kid duty this week this weekend, and kind of had kind of like you where you know it's all you know the man you know I'm assuming it's just assume for this scenario they all had boys it was all man's weekend for for him and his buddies because all the wives were apparently taking a trip to get bordeaux bordeaux pictures oh the, the, the when, when i tried bordeaux, to spell it out yeah, yeah I, I i googled classy porn shots well it's not, it's not <laughs> porn <laughs> so would mary ever do that for you no <laughs> not doing the classy nude shots. Not judging it, but it's not. You're not nude. The I thought it was boudoir, nude. Boudoir, boudoir. Yeah, boudoir. Yeah. No, it's, it's not nude. You're just like wearing like lingerie and stuff. It's like classy, sexy pictures. Well, that's no fun. Well, I mean, I guess they can be you, nude. But if you I, want sexy, you got you got to show a little nip, like Elaine, right? Okay. Well, this the is, Christmas. You're party. taking this in a very weird direction. <laughs> that I'm. I just I, thought it was interesting that he was. I just thought it was. I thought it was a funny story. I was like. They, they were making like a girls' weekend out of it and everything. Yeah, I've never, I, I you know, do that for men. The Costanza style, exactly. Yeah, would would you do that for Mary? I know you'll do the. I know you do the royal picture. We've already we've already figured out some limit you'll go. Well, I mean, that's not me posing it. It's just <laughs> somebody taking my face and putting it on an image. <laughs> would you do the Costanza picture for Mary? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No questions asked. <laughs> 
Uh, five hundred two. I did it for winning a championship. Five hundred two. Four one four. Fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. We'll take some guys, some thoughts from you guys here now before we wrap up hour number one. Texture says, "Can we talk about Calipari groping Holly Rowe on live TV? Not a good look for a grown ass man, much less of a young uh, coach of young men. Terrible example. Dude needs to apologize." Did he? Grope? I didn't. It was a weird. He like grabbed her by the shoulders and like kind of shook her. It was. It was. It was weird. That's not groping. That's. It wasn't a grope. It was. Yeah. It felt like. There's no cupping. There's no. It's not groping. It felt. It felt like. How about just like don't touch people in general when it's a situation where you're not supposed to be touching them. It well, felt. It felt strange. I don't think he needs to get fired or it should be like a huge yeah. topic. But I, watching it, it was weird. Maybe people touch the coach's arm all the time though. And they'll, they'll grab not the really. coach. Yeah, I've seen them constantly. I think that's different than grabbing their shoulders and well, shaking. Well, maybe. Them. Did she ask a dumb question? No. <laughs> Texas says uh, after retiring for a few games on Saturday. After retiring for a few games, Saturday was yet again the worst damn display of dodgeball I've seen in 40 years. <laughs> Texas said, I didn't appreciate Mick Cronin enough until I saw a Kenny Payne coach team. Please hire Cronin this April if he'd be interested. I mean, no. Don't know. No. God forbid. He's only got the third best team in America. I mean, you, you hire Mick Cronin, you're getting, what, like seven wins right now out of this team, if you're lucky. Maybe. 16-2 at UCLA. I mean, we saw he never brought the best sometimes. I mean, no, no, no. He has the nation's third longest active winning streak. Good good for him. That's top five recruiting class coming in. That a quarter make a phone call. I like how our standards are that high that we're like, oh, he's number three. He's got the longest winning streak in America, top five recruiting class. We still don't want him. I don't. <laughs> Texas says, Kenny Payne isn't winning any national championships here. You know it. I know it. The sooner he's gone, the better. We don't know anything. So nothing, Jon Snow. We just see that there are a ton of red flags out there. I see some warnings. Texas Kenny Payne will never make the tournament. I do like that the immediate... I mean, obviously you have to add talent to this team because he's not getting the most out of what we have already. So I do like that this Texas' most recent text before that was a four hundred the $400 bet that he had on us to cover the spread against Clemson. So he at least had enough... He had some confidence in Kenny Payne to do that, to keep... The Clemson game within 17 points. Well, there's a difference in winning and keeping a game within 17. Well, we can make the tournament maybe with that with that trend continuing. I mean, if we at least got it within 13, and I would have would have broke even somewhat on my bet and wouldn't have cost me a money line, which well, I would have loved that win that money line bet. Texas, I don't think Kenny Payne will win another game this year. That being said, he could double his win total every year going forward, and it would take another four years before he reached an acceptable win total. For our expectations as Louisville fans, we're winning another game this year. I feel. Oh, are you are you getting a guarantee now? Yes. As down as I am right now about everything involving U of L men's basketball, I am guaranteeing this team does not lose out. We will finish the season with more than two wins. I remember when I was a wide-eyed chipper kid like you. Friday. Think on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> just it seemed like so long ago, yet it was just around the corner. <laughs> I was weighing 185 pounds. It was it was it was a sunnier time in Louisville, Kentucky. I was dating the love of my life, <laughs> and I thought the cars were going to be. It's like Trevor it was three days ago. Um, yeah, let's talk a change in a New York minute. We're winning. We're winning at least one game in conference play. This Boston year. College. I think I, I still think that we're going to win because the Carolina game I thought was going to go poorly. I told you that last uh, week. I thought it was like the last game that you should be guaranteeing. I was like, this is not going to go well. I for thought us. it was lining up. We've been playing better. We've been showing more heart. I mean, we we've we, got that we, stretch coming up. Pitt Wednesday, I can see that being a 
cover the spread. I can see this being a game where we say we battled, right? Like, that's our new thing. <laughs> Danny and I say this in our – we have a fantasy golf league, and it's become a running joke because we always have a golfer who's, like, kind of good. And Danny every week is like, you know what? I'm proud of, uh, you know, uh, Hideki. He battled. And I'm like, we say this every damn week. We never win. We never win. And I feel like this is going to be a we battle type game on Wednesday. But after that, that's the only game that we have this week. BC, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Florida State. That stretch of four games, we're winning at least one of those. I feel I feel confident it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen then, we're still winning one before the end of the year. That, that's so a Mike guarantee. That's a guarantee we win at least one game between now and the end of the season. We're not going two and thirty. It's one game between now and the I will be. If you want me to be bold, I'm going to be bold. We're not going two and thirty. Wow. We're going at least three and twenty nine. Slow, slow down, man. Now, don't, don't, don't put it all out there right away. I mean, don't be so fierce. Okay? Well, I don't make guarantees that I that have no chance of hitting. When I make a guarantee, I mean guarantee. This is happening. This is why you're not in the lottery club. This is happening. This is why I'm getting kicked out. Apparently, yeah. Did you lose a ticket over the weekend? No, I. I so I bought. So we were supposed to buy five lines. Like one for each person that's in it. You know, okay. Six yeah. if you, did, you had any cojones. And, but then again, you are predicting one win over the next 12 games. So, I mean, you asked if I guaranteed it. I said, <laughs> I yeah. know, I know. But anyway, the point is, so I, on Tuesday, I, I get confused. Like, so first it was supposed to be like the, the Wednesday, Saturday tickets we were buying. And then suddenly we started to buy Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, or Tuesday. And I think you take shots at me for not joining this lottery pool when you have no idea when you're even supposed to buy tickets and then you're losing them. Oh, we're completely uncoordinated. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> we're just, throwing money away. Well, Mike, why don't you want to throw your money away? Right, this UFL team, pretty much is what we are. And I'm, and I'm saying pain. And so, <laughs> so Tuesday, like I guess, like the the I forget which one's on Tuesday. It's up to over a billion dollars. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cool. I'm I'm not even gonna buy pounds. I'm buying ten lines. I'm I'm dropping you know double on it. Mainly because I have a feeling I'm gonna forget to do it later on in the weekend. Okay. And I, I'm t- so, as as usual, I forget to do it on Friday. I'm doing the high school game. I don't get out till like almost ten, so I can't buy it when I get across the river. And Saturday, same kind of thing. And I just kind of slipped my mind. I forgot all about it. And then Sunday, like, I'm just getting like just lambasted on the on like our Twitter feed. Like, good word. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope I said it right. You didn't nail it. <laughs> right. Uh, on our on our little text line, like. I'm being kicked out, and I, I've I've dropped the ball. I cost us like four billion dollars, and um, you know, I just go hang out with Rutherford. He doesn't want to be this group, so why should you? I mean, it's like I think you meet. Why would you and me start a club? <laughs> I was talking to Calvin out there. <laughs> so the story about you losing the ticket. Oh, I didn't lose the ticket. I didn't buy it. Okay. <laughs> slightly worse. I mean, <laughs> I just didn't buy it. I forgot. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> we come back. Four o'clock hour. We didn't get to many texts. We'll take some to start the show. I noticed you didn't say no. I didn't say no yet. Uh, we'll take a, a break here when we come back. More of your texts at 502-414-1450, and then we'll shift the conversation into some football stuff. It's Mike Weatherford Show. It rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
Alright, second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here. Happy Monday to you. I like it. I think she's great. Really horrible. 502-414-1450, Thornton's text line if you want to weigh in. Uh, Kenny Payne did have his ACC media availability today on the the conference call that they have on Mondays. Not a whole lot there as far as... We've secretly been not playing well on purpose, and we're going to. There wasn't any breaking news there. He did talk about Brandon Huntley Hatfield and said that it is a foot injury and his status for Wednesday night's game against Pittsburgh is still questionable. So, not sure what BHH will look like uh, on Wednesday against a Pitt team that's pretty good. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a tall task, even playing at home against a Panther team that is currently 5 and 2 in the ACC with its only conference losses by one to Clemson and against Duke in a game where they led at halftime. There were a lot, just like the time last year when we were, we were like looking down on Pittsburgh for being just like a total train wreck, and it was horrible. And then of course we lose to them, and we're like, that's like we're looking like, can we beat them? They're good. <laughs> They're good. That was, was that, it. Actually, was it was it was a year ago yesterday when Louisville lost that game to Pitt, sixty five fifty three. We were like, this is the bottom, right? And that's when we were like, we're like this, we've we've hit rock bottom at this point because we'd already beaten Pitt, and then we lost to Florida State away and it was like well you know we always lose to Florida State away it's annoying but they're good and, and whatever and then we lost to NC State and it was like ooh I don't know that was a bad loss they beat us down pretty good at home that's embarrassing how much worse could it get and the answer was a 12 point loss to Pitt just three days later and yeah we we turned around we beat Boston College and then the the big time losing started we lost Notre Dame we lost to Virginia Chris Mack left we lost a bunch of games in a row we beat Clemson we did beat Clemson, and then we lost a few more games in a row, and then the season was over. I mean, we still won games, though. We, we won last year 13. We won 13, but from that point forward, we won one game after that BC game on January 19th. Until the ACC, we won the one game in the, the ACC, ACC tournament, too. We won, so we won two games. We are 32-8 and eight in our last four games, uh, 40 games, or 8-32, and 32, I should say, and we've lost, I believe, 30 of our last 35 games overall, which is just... Mind blowing. So basically, in, in short, everything stems to this time one year ago today. We lost to Pitt. That started everything. This is the turnaround now. Then this year's Pitt game, almost exactly a year ago to the day, is when t- things turn around for the positive. For the, the horrible year that we had, we had the one bad bad year, and now it's all going to turn around with Pitt. We finished two and thirteen last year after that Pitt game, or after that uh, th- that middle of the January thing. We're going to finish thirteen and two now. That's what, that's like what this, this all says to me. Not guaranteeing it. Uh, that, that message boards are, are lighting up already. Rutherford has said Louisville goes 13-2 and post-Pittsburgh win on Wednesday. Do you want to guess? So right now we are 283 on Ken Palm. God. 
what do you think we were like? I mean, again, last year we said this was the worst season of our lifetimes. What do you think we finished last year on Ken Palm? I mean, how many schools are available? There? 363. 363. I think we finished around 212. 127. Really? Yeah. Okay. It takes a lot to be a sub 200 team from a power conference in Ken Palm. And we are barely clinging on to above 300 at this point. It's not great. And who's the next closest Power Five team to us? Is it still Cal? Cal's won, mul- Cal's yeah, won multiple Cal- conference won multiple games. games. Yeah, I was going to say. They're I mean, blowing past us. <laughs> I think they've gone long back. They have flown. I, I, don't, I don't think can see, we can be seen in their rear view at this point. They are 204. So who is the same word? It's got to be Georgetown. They're 204. That They've won three games now. <laughs> I'd kill to win three games. Georgetown is 228. Mm-hmm. So they're still almost 60 spots ahead of us. And they have lost 29 consecutive Big East games. So that's the closest one to us. Yes. They have not won a game period since December 7th. So we're not within 60 spots of any other Power 5 team in in the Ken Bomb rank. No. No. We are the worst Power Conference team in America by a wide margin. Not only are we six spots behind the the next Power 5 team. 60 spots. That means that's like, what, three conferences worth of mid-level teams ahead of us? Way more than that. Yeah, you're right. There's only... Say 10 teams. That's six conferences. That's every conference available. There are only 80 teams below you. Like, there's, you can make the, there's not one conference that we are, we'd be the highest ranked team in. Not one. Is there one we'd be the third ranked team in? I don't think so. I mean, Miak and Swag. Miak and Swag, yeah. But, but net rankings, the answer is no, because net rankings were 340, whatever, 3, 339. Are there independents in basketball still? I forget. No, not anymore. I can't remember. I think well, I, th- I think the only one is Chicago State. Why for Chicago State? They joined the WAC briefly, and they were like, no, we're out of here. Um, I think that I'm almost positive they're still an independent. Let me look it up real quick, actually. Um, Chicago Hartford is now an independent. But they're joining a conference, so that doesn't really count. They're in a transition period. Yeah, the they're dead last. And they are the worst team. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to Ken Baum, they're, they're second to last. Oh, I thought they were still last. They, they're they- last in the net. Oh, okay, okay. Ken Baum has them uh, second to last. He's got Uwe Pui as the worst team in America. That's why they're changing their name. Florida A&M, 358 on Ken Palm. 360 in the net. We're better than those guys. We proved it on the court. We're proving it in the analytical rankings. We're better than Florida A&M in basketball. There's no question around it. Is there a team behind us that we lost to in this rankings? On the net? Or Ken Baum? Um, either, either or. Maybe not anymore. They're used. To, Bellarmine used to be behind us. Now they're a few spots ahead of us. <laughs> they're two sixty eight. I don't know if that's good or bad. Actually, I'm trying to decide whether I feel confident. About them they are two sixty eight. Um, Appalachian State is one ninety five. Wright State is two oh eight. So they're all ahead of us. So there's nobody we haven't lost is behind us. Lipscomb is always there's some soaring up there at one eighty four. Keep in mind, like none of those teams are more than three games above five hundred. Like we, we're those. Everybody's like, well, you lose. Some of those teams are good. They're going to the NCAA. I'm like, none of those teams are good. None of those teams should be beating us on our home floor. I don't care if it's by one or by a million. It should not happen, period. And it did. That's okay. Boston College, by the way, is the only other ACC team that is um, in the bottom 200. They are number 200 exactly. You know I'd kill to be 200. We're coming for you, BC. I'd love to be 200. Last year was as bad as – we were 127. We're like, this is the worst. This is terrible. And now we're like, I'd die. To be 127. I mean, I, I could use some fentanyl back in my life. <laughs> I 
I told you they were going to cover against Gonzaga. That was the guarantee last week. And they did. They lost by one. They're number 78. Kill Fennel's on that staff. I mean, we we need we need more like peaks throwing our heads, our players through the walls and stuff, and getting us pumped up, than than the Kenny Payne kind of. All right, guys, let's do it. Mike McGee's got also have culture. His Butler team not not having a great year. They're eleven and eight. They're they're not having a fantastic really, season, but he's he's helping out. You know, I do for eleven and eight right now. Well, I, I'm aware that it's it's still better than I do. Way, I do way more than I do for a Klondike bar. I promise you that. Speaking of wishing you could were part of fantastic basketball. Really good game on Fox right now. Purdue 43-42, they lead Michigan State with 740 to play. Uh, it's been a it's been a good one from what I've seen. Zach Eady looking like a monster in the middle, doing his thing. That's really all I've seen. Trying to talk to you and not watch. Well, it's hard. Game. I mean, it's hard to not take focus away from the seven foot four dude as well. It is. It's you're, you're right. All right, five and two, four one four fourteen fifty. We'll try to get some uh, text from you guys since we didn't get many that segment, and then second segment we'll talk a little bit about football, both here locally and the NFL. Texter says. Um, who wins more games this year? You have a football. There it is. And then says, can I take this question back? Your opening talk has made me sad, and I feel bad for asking. Thank you. The answer is football at this point. Texas, I watched people grill Chris Mack for, quote, losing the locker room and not getting his guys up last year. I just want people to keep that same energy when it comes to KP. I don't think he's lost the locker room, though. I don't think so either. Not, but, especially in the manner that Mack did. No, but he's saying... You know, last year there were games where Louisville came out and they looked listless. They played zombie basketball, and people were furious at Chris Mack for it. And this year we're having Kenny Payne coming out and saying openly, like, my guys weren't ready to play, they weren't competitive, they weren't competing the way they were supposed to. And I think some people are giving them a rest, a break on that. I don't think that, if anything, it's fueling their argument because what the contention of people who are saying, it's all players, it's not KP, you'll see next year – one of their main arguments is Chris Mack came out about this time last year and said, you know, I don't know what I'm getting from these players on a day-to-day basis. One day they're giving me great. One day they're, they're not like, you don't know what you're going to get. Basically saying like, I can't get through to these guys the way that I want to. And then a, a week after that, you had Malik Williams give the no comment to the question about, is this team still getting, is the message from the coaching staff getting through to these players and him basically saying no. And then Mack is like, all right, to hell with you guys. I'm out. And so their argument is, you had Chris Mack, a coach who was very successful at Xavier, come here, very experienced, could not get through to the players. You get six guys back from that team. Kenny Payne not getting through. Into, it's, it's the players. The, the, you know, A and B equals C here. I don't think it's that simple. I wish it was. I, I hope it is. I, I, I hate to say that. I hope that the problem rests more with the players and the coaching staff because I think the coaching staff is going to be back next year. A lot of the players probably aren't going to be. But I, I don't think it's that simple, unfortunately. And I do think, I mean, we can have, you, you can argue if you want to, but the reality is, if this were Chris Mack, if this were McCronin, if this were basically anybody else that we could have hired, I don't think there would be much defending of this 2-16 and 16 record. You know, imagine that you'd hired, I don't know, We'll use Cronin, a guy who I think, like, it wasn't just you. Like, when Mick Cronin's name got brought up, Louisville fans, I think, instinctively vomited. There was a lot of, like, we don't want that guy. We're too good for Mick Cronin. Kenny Payne will get us the players. Mick Cronin can't recruit. All that stuff. Yeah, I feel like when, when we almost settled for Larry Stacey when I think of Mick Cronin. I could not disagree more, but that's <laughs> hey, that's me. He took Iowa State as a two seed. He did. He lost the first round. He did. He, he went to, to one of the lead eight. 
He I, was very popular at the parties. Let's he was. Let's let's say we hired Mick Cronin, and you had a large segment of the fan base that was like, "I, this guy does nothing for me. We should have hired Kenny Payne." Yeah. If we were two and sixteen right now, you've got nobody, myself included, saying, "Give this guy time." Everybody would be flipping out about this. It, you, it, it, am I wrong in saying that? Well, I think also you'd have more consensus blaming the players than you would the coaching staff, maybe as well. I don't think so, man. I think if you've got, if it was Cronin, Which or I don't think it would be fair, but or Musselman or Matt McMahon or anybody else that got floated out there as a possible landing spot, I think if it was anybody else, you'd have people saying this is not acceptable. Now, are you Let's saying, saying, saying Payne's leash is due to lack of head coaching experience or the U of L connection? I think I think it's both. Okay, I think he played here. I think people want him to succeed so much, and I want him to succeed so much. And maybe people are like, hey, you don't know, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I. It's in the best interest of all of us. It's the best case scenario. Former player, widely respected, seems to be the nicest guy alive. It's a dream if he comes into your program and takes you to the highest possible place. I think that there's that element working in his favor. And I do think that in a weird way, the lack of experience works in his favor amongst that contention of the fan base as well because they can say he's he's learning too he's going to get better and he's going to get you guys just wait and see that's the the second part of that is what's got to happen it, because the first part I think that everybody was willing to give him a little bit of leniency because he had never been a head coach before and because he was stuck learning under John Calipari that's a one one year get out of free jail card though yeah but I think that everybody thought that the the element of what he brought to the table that was going to counter all that was he'd have so much talent that you'd still be really good and he could pick up the the X's and O's stuff on the fly to go from just really good to elite. And the unfortunate reality is we have not landed anywhere near that type of talent yet. I mean, we lost the one guy that when people were debating, when, when they were trying to defend Kenny Payne to those who were more skeptical, not that we were, we, I think we were both skeptical, but, but trying to be optimistic. That oh well you you're getting DJ Wagner you're getting DJ Wagner and yeah so I I think that we talked about that when that, when that falls through where that when it takes some of the supporters of Kenny Payne and yeah and then it became you're gonna get AJ Johnson and then that didn't happen either now he can't so get a win we haven't gotten the the type to uh, you know level at that highest level of talent that we thought was going to be able to keep him afloat in these early years and I I think and I'm just being honest like. I think that he's got a longer way to go from an X's and O's from sideline standpoint than we thought. I think that's the only way that you get to two and 16 in a place like Louisville is if you we're not as far along as we thought we were going to be in that regard. And that's kind of the worst case combination to get this thing started. So I think people are, I think people, the biggest fallacy in all this is everybody wanted him to come in here and thought he was going to be a miracle worker. And we we're going to go to 16. No, Go back and look at what people were saying preseason. I mean, we were both, you were a little bit more optimistic than I was. People thought I was being ridiculous because I, I thought we were going to win 11, 12, 13 games. Like, nobody was expecting him to be a miracle worker in year one, but we also weren't expecting him to have the worst season in the history of the program, which is where we are right now. You got to find a happy medium there. Uh, Texter says, I don't think guacamole is the place for Trevor. Uh, for his first dinner out in years, you need to ease him in. <laughs> it's a big environment. No, I've been, I think I've been to guacamole. 
the there's new there, it was originally at a different location now it's downtown um well i'm not going downtown yeah it's in nulu um the original one i think was off like, i don't even know where nulu is you don't know where nulu is uh-uh. i've heard people mention it but i don't I have no idea what it is when's the last time you were downtown um i mean i had some i got a friend who lives in the uh the, the apartment complex that's like going by slicker field the, that's kind of that's the nulu that's oh that's nulu yeah you're right, right you're right there why is it called nulu it's it's development. It's a new Louisville property element, new neighborhood. It's not a new. That neighborhood's been there forever. Well, it's been developed significantly in the last ten years. And what? What? I mean, how? A lot of shops, a lot of restaurants, a lot of places to go. New living uh, places. Okay. Yeah. Texas KP seems to have functioned as good cop in his career as an assistant. Maybe he needs a bad cop on the staff, or a really bad one. Who should it be? Mike Montgomery. <laughs> well, I mean. I think they're talking about like like an assistant, so, oh. sort of like he was. I don't know, Craig Marshall. <laughs> Get the ultimate bad cop out. Well, there. Why, why, are you saying one of the assistants can't be bad cop right now? I I guess. I mean, I, I guess they're saying that the assistants are too nice. They're all kind of the same temperament. I mean, Nolan's so Nolan's kind of fiery. Temper. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the one who gets the most animated on the bench. I think if you're looking for a bad guy, but he's also kind of like the. His role with the players is the young like, kid. Yeah, I was you ten years ago. Yeah. I know what it's like to be playing at this level. I know what it's like to be a college guy. I'm closest to your age than anyone else. It's kind of hard for that well, guy to be the bad cop. You want the bad cop to be like a father figure. How's Jameson? He's in. A, he's got to be. He was in Oregon for like two decades. It's like, and it doesn't matter. Like you know, he's not. I don't think he can play. He, can't, he said he can't be hip. He can't play the relate to the players role. I don't think he played college <laughs> basketball. He could. He might be cool. He didn't. He wasn't play at a high level. That's my whole thing. Like no one played at Duke. Like and it was recent. Like he's he, he can do that whole like I know what it's like to the day to days of being a basketball player at a big time program and balancing school. Like Josh Jameson can't do that with the players. But he also, um, I mean, I don't think he can be the best. He doesn't come off as an overly intimidating guy. I mean, yeah, I guess we got. I, you got somebody to, 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 to be the play the bad cop. Danny, step it up. Danny, Danny can't do it. Danny doesn't intimidate anybody. Put Start those, yelling at kids, Danny. He puts those ring glasses on. You think I'm going to be afraid of Danny Manning? Texas, remember when Kenny said he didn't think we'd hit rock bottom yet? I'd like to hear his thoughts on that now. Unfortunately, I don't think the answer will be any different than the first time. He was pretty right when he said that because we were like, this has to be rock bottom, and then they just kept playing worse. <laughs> and we haven't been, even on Saturday, we weren't. We weren't that bad. We weren't like Florida State, Miami game bad or Maui game no, bad. No, oh God, no. We've, we we've were... improved. He was he was right about that, but I don't know if he gets I don't know if he gets credit for that. Uh, but he was he accurately forecast in the future of that team. I think he said that after the Miami game, and then we turned right around and lost to Florida State by a billion. But right after that, we lost. To, we we beat Western Kentucky. Is that why? You're, so you're saying we beat Pittsburgh? No, <laughs> I'm not. Texter says. Why? I don't even know what this means. Why month? Why someone get him a truck or something? Anything? I have no idea what that means. Why month? Why? And it's got to be a typo. That or it's, maybe it's a maybe it's a puzzle. Got to be. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a wacky wordplay. Got to figure this out. Texas, I'd be very surprised if we ever made the tournament with KP. Let alone gets us where we want to be. And yes, anyone with brain cells knows that he'll never win a title. 
Tell you, just hear that? Mike is so optimistic that he's guaranteeing us a third win on the season. You're damn right. <laughs> Stop calling me negative. Stop saying I'm not optimistic enough on the radio. Well, that doesn't do me any good. EME's already up to four. I said at least one. I didn't say that was it. Can, can they take away a win? Can they simply like, come, like make Bates ineligible or something? And they take away their two wins. Yeah, I mean, you and you should have established that right, when I was telling you to lay out parameters because they're going to end up they're going to end up beating you by one. It's going to be because they played a NAIA team and it counted. Uh, it's just I, mean, I, I, I we would have beaten an NAIA team. We beat Chaminade. They're D two. Yeah, I, we were so impressive in it. I feel ultra confident going into the next matchup. We would have beaten Wayne State, which is who Eastern Michigan is. think beat. so? Yeah, we would have beaten them. How confident are you on a scale one to ten? Six and a half. <laughs> Six and a half. Texas, shouldn't we be seeing basketball recruits from the 24 class at least taking visits now? Also, does it seem like KP laid a massive egg after receiving a full endorsement from Josh Hurd? The timing was, it would have been a great time for KP to pull off a big-time victory, not just because Trevor guaranteed it, but also like it would you know come right after Josh Hurd was very adamant in his support of Kenny Payne. Like That would have been a good moment. And instead, it was, a, it was the first really regressive performance that we've seen in the last three or four weeks. And it's a win against the North Carolina team that you can hang your hat on and just use as, going into next season, we win, we're going into a, Ending a four-win season, there's next year you get a couple of recruits. You go, well, we also beat North Carolina last year. Is something that would have been the win? Like, you can't do that with Western. No offense, Hilltoppers. You can't do that with A and M, Florida A and M. Probably can't do it with Pittsburgh. Even though North Carolina is having an average season, it's still North Carolina. In the same way that yeah. some teams are probably your Clemson's and your so and so forth will say we beat Louisville. As for the 2024 recruiting, I, mean, I know we're in the final five for Trenton Flowers who's probably going to North Carolina. Uh, I did see today, like, who is it? Uh, Kurt Lewis is the kid. He was from, he played at Valley High School. He's at John Logan College, which has produced a ton of big-time players over the years, including um, Jay Scrub, who was committed here. Sean East, who played at New Albany with with Romeo Langford and was the number one Juco player in America last year. And I I saw uh, Steve Rummage this morning is like, He's from Louisville. I would love to see him as a card next season. And it was like this this big dunk that he had that was posted by the Overtime website. And he tweeted that out at 10.29. At 10.30, Kurt Lewis announced that he was committed to Missouri. <laughs> it was like just classic Louisville fan. Like, hey, we'd love to see this guy play for the cards. Literally one minute later, I'm going to Mizzou, which is also where Sean East wound up committing. But I don't think we offered him a scholarship. I probably should have. But... Well, beggars can be choosers now. Sounds like we didn't. He's the uh, the number three JUCO player in America, and he's headed to to Missouri along with Shawnees. But speaking of highlight dunks and kind of Purdue being on the TV right now, you see the uh, pictures of the kid from Brown Central that broke the Purdue recruit that broke the backboard. No, in Southern Indiana. So we were doing the game. I was working the game with uh, Dennison as Jeff was uh, pulling out a victory on Friday night. They would end up losing Saturday, but nonetheless, on Friday night they pulled out the victory and. Uh, Dennis and Matt's phone, he gets to tell me his phone's blowing up from people. I guess it's Brown Central. I, I think it's Brown Central something. His name Sounds is. made up. It does, but, you know, most of the schools in Indiana are. And they got a big kid, it's a junior, that's committed to Purdue. I forget his name. And apparently he went up and just tomahawk dunked it and just shattered the backboard. 
And now there's no film, unfortunately, of it. But if you like Google like Brown Central High School, Indiana, whatever, broken backboard, you'll see pictures of the backboard. They had to stop the game. They didn't have another. They didn't have another uh, backboard. They had, to, they had to delay the game, and I, I don't know if they've restarted it since or when they're going to do it. But they had to like can't call the game and and bring. They had to bring in a whole new backboard and saw a new backboard. I don't think Brown Central is a school. It's Brownsville, maybe. I know Brownsville is a school. It's Brownsville. Just type in that broken backboard. It'll, I'm sure it'll come up. I can't find anything. I, can, I, I found it on Friday pretty easily. But it was, it was, it was a pretty cool thing. I wish I could see the I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Sounds cool. You, you don't see many broken backboards anymore. It was like a big thing in the 90s. And then I think they made the goal stronger. Well, I guess the, last, the closest we well, obviously, when you think backwards. Shaq. Well, see, I think Daryl Dawkins. Oh, I think Shaq. I, I'm guessing she was my age. I, I think Daryl Dawkins, who was the you know inspiration for the breakaway rims. Because Shaq didn't really break the backboard. He, he pulled it down. Brownstown Central. There you go. There it is. Um, I see the picture. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Like uh, That's a broken backboard. That's Daryl Dawkins style breaking a backboard. Like Shaq, I mean, I'm not taking away from Shaq that he didn't do it, but you know, it just didn't feel this. Here's the dunk. I saw the dunk. Oh, there's an actual there, dunk? There's, there's a video out there. It's, oh, I hadn't seen it's that. It's not that. It's just a normal dunk. Yeah, he just tomahawked it, right? Or something. Or something? Two-hand dunk. Yeah. Two-hand, he goes baseline, flushes it, and it's just a big guy, and the backboard just shatters. Oh, okay. See, I hadn't seen the video. I looked for it on Friday, and it hadn't come up yet. Yeah. It's somebody's, like, Snapchat. Figured as much. Well, props to that guy. Purdue, you're getting a good one. Yeah, he's, he's, going, he's only a junior, though. Uh, Texter says, there's no way Mike isn't the he's from Portland voice. He's from Portland. No, it's Troy, isn't it? It's not me. Well, what did Netflix do wrong? They're trending now as Netflix correct your mistake. I bet they canceled the show. Oh, no. What did they cancel? They're not bringing back Stranger Things season five. Warrior none. Are you being serious? Yeah. That's the name of the show? Everyone's hashtagging save warrior none. What's warrior none? <laughs> I've never even heard of the show. It sounds great. I mean, I like the title. I think if there's a show called Warrior None, it should be never canceled. If, if Warrior None seems like the show you'd find on USA at like midnight right after Xena and before, High, before the, the Highlander TV version. You're exactly right. That's coming up next on Duckman following Warrior Nun. Tanya, Warrior Nun. <laughs> Texas, I highly suggest that TK try out Chef's uh, Chef's Cut on LaGrange Road. Best pizza in town has some Gaddy's vibes. Chef's Cut. Uh, I've never heard of that. I know. I know. Yeah, I know the owner, actually. Look at you. Yeah. You say you're not going to go? You're too cool? Sort of. Okay, <laughs> I can't. The the, the owner. Your band? Uh, well, no. Best friends and the owner are uh, uh, enemies. Oh, so well. I I regret saying it. maybe somebody messing with you. It's in the old barbecue, Brand's barbecue place. I know where it's right next to Circle K. Somebody okay. tried to rob me at Circle K. Ever tell you that story? No. That's uh, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Right by where where I uh, yes yeah. There's Circle K and there's Chef's Cut and there used to be Brand's barbecue. Yada yada. So I was in that Circle K one night, and I was just getting some money out of the ATM, like a 20. And uh, I went up to go, and that's all I had, like, the 20 on me, my ATM card, had my wallet in my hand. And I was buying whatever, I don't remember, and a uh, kid tried to come up and run behind me and grab my wallet and run out. I didn't, like, go my wallet. So he just kind of, like, yo-yoed right back into me. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, ran into me and kind of fell to the ground a little bit. He was a younger kid. And I just looked at him, and I was like, what are you doing? He's the guy behind the counter yelled some curse words at him, and the kid just uh, 
yelled something back and then ran off. Jeez. Like, okay. Um, Me wasn't going to get anything out of it. I, had I think I had like another $8 on my ATM card. <laughs> Texas says, and we'll end on this, and then we'll, we'll shift to football next segment. Texas Bob Valvano told a story about how they were staying in a really nice resort at Clemson, and one of the players made a comment to him that, quote, why couldn't we just stay at a normal hotel because the rooms were far from the lobby? The point about the story was that some of the players have a sense of entitlement, but I think part of that is coaching. Kenny never came up the coaching ranks and coached at a low major. We have things like new basketball, dorm facility, Yum Center, private jets that you don't get everywhere else, and come that comes with some responsibility. I don't know if Kenny gets it, and it's passed down to his players. There is no urgency at this point. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, it does sort of feel like the there's this weird sense of entitlement that the players haven't earned, and maybe you can say that about Kenny Payne because he never, quote unquote, earned his way by coaching in a low major and moving up the mid major ranks and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, I, you've seen similar situations in other places without these problems. I mean, you've seen. I don't. I don't care what sequence event events led us to this place. I don't care what the mentality of the players and the coaches is. Louisville should never be two and eighteen. And 60 spots away from the next worst power conference team in America. Should, we should never be the absolute. I mean, we are trending towards being the worst ACC team in history. If we don't win a game, we will be. This should never be a conversation. What about here. poor team on the 1941 ACC roster for trumping? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a, a little uh, Louisville football, some NFL football as well. We'll take some questions from you guys both about Lamar and about this uh, this new player in the transfer portal. We'll get to that coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Bad title. You're half right. Okay. Because what was the? There's an interesting twist to all of them as well. What was the first song you played? Bad today? day by David. Daniel bad day, Chris. Daniel Powder. We've had bad guy, Billy Eilish. Now we've got him bad by Michael Jackson. Or just bad. And bad, bad, your love, bad medicine by Bon Jovi. So they all. You, you were right. They all I'm had, right, but there's more to it. There's an interesting. I'm gonna tell you because you you won't you'll be like this is gonna be the music uh, NBA, uh, NBA music video thing all over. <laughs> okay. The, the interesting twist is all these songs not only have bad in them, but have all at one point been number one on Billboard charts. Oh. Which is why I had to include the eyelash because there's other songs with bad in it that are way better than anything Billy Eilish ever make. Why do you always say eyelash? <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, she was making music after 2010, so she music. can't be good. <laughs> They found somebody doing the mu- in the music booth at the mall. Like, hey, let's put that on there. That can't be a Trevor, bad. I don't take your opinions on music seriously. I'm sorry. I love That's you. That's all right. I don't think yours either. I know. <laughs> and I mean, anybody makes music after 1987 can't make anything good. You kind of lost me with Notting Hill a little bit. 
I mean, it's a good rom-com. <laughs> Notting Hill's a popular movie. People like it. Helped Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant's career. Um, you know, it didn't help Hugh Grant's career. Well, yeah. Texture says, um, no, no, I was going to read that. I'm not going to. Oh, it can't be that bad. 502-414-1450 the Thornton Sex Line. We, we'll get, a lot of people have asked questions about both Lamar Jackson and this next topic, so we might as well go in and get to it. Um, it's been mostly smooth swimming for Jeff Brom since he was named the the new head coach in December. Lot Kept most of the class together that had been assembled before he arrived. Killed in the transfer portal. Hasn't lost a whole lot. And then one of the, the more underrated things was he got a six-year of eligibility for both Monty Montgomery and Braden Smith. Uh, now we find out kind of out of the blue, Monty Montgomery announces that he has entered the the NCAA transfer portal. He's not going to come back and play for UofL. He's got one year of collegiate eligibility left. He's going somewhere else. And he just, I, I do like the way that he announced it on Twitter. He just said, I'm in the portal. Was the tweet. Just put it out there. No big announcement. No big thank you news. Easy, easy, lemon squeezy. I'm in the portal. So Monty played in 13 games during his first season back in 2019. Was a big time key reserve. Developed into a start of the next couple of years. Missed all of last spring, missed most of the 2021 season with um, that, that knee injury that kept him out all but three games in 2021. Reemerged last year as a starter, finished with 70 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss, had six sacks, four pass deflections, four forced fumbles, which was the fourth most in all of uh, college football, and also intercepted two passes. Very solid career here coming from a, a Juco. Big loss. I mean, th- this is a, a position that Louisville was already a little bit thin at. They have to get some more linebackers now in the portal. I think you need to add probably two guys to that position, but sort of out of the blue and not cool. We're going to miss Monty Montgomery, I think, next year. No well, you got, I mean, my first thought is, like, what kind of help lead to like, – because I don't know. Does, this is a late inter- portal entry, right? I mean, this, is it still – is it? are we considered late at this point in the portal at this point in time? I don't know how the portal yeah, relatively timeline really works out. I mean, I'm not, you know – expert in those things just in movies music and in and, and relationships are, are, are my you know expertise but but with, when it comes to transport i'm a little a little on the upset so that being said i'm i'm wonder like it was it like just you didn't maybe you were going to give you know the brahmin his coaching staff a shot and he, it maybe you know it wasn't getting any better in the relationship in the short time they've had together or does he see some of the guys we've been bringing in and thinking I don't want I, I don't want this to be an open competition. This is my job. I should have to compete. I, I'm just curious why would what happened at this point. The only thing I can think of is because I know we signed a few linebackers. The only thing I can think of is there's a deal out there that it's a Tyler Harrell situation. Which, by the way, Tyler Harrell just entered the portal as well over the weekend. Did he? Uh, the Did he wide receiver back? who left Louisville for Alabama last season. We bring him back. It's out there. A lot, of, I mean, a lot of Louisville fans would support it. Uh, we're pretty set at wide receiver now, though, so I don't know. But we could use him. Um, that's the only thing I can think of is somebody made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I mean, it, it could just be – That'd be tampering, right? I mean, yeah, I, I guess. If you make an offer to a player who's <clears throat> not in the portal, that's – It is. Okay. But it's also not unheard of in this day and age. He did immediately announce, like 10 minutes after he – Announced that he was in the portal. He announced that he'd gotten a scholarship offer from West Virginia, which he used the a screenshot from his phone that wasn't edited, so it had like the, the phone battery and stuff of just West Virginia University's Wikipedia page. 
<laughs> he's like, he's like offered. I was like, oh, come on, Monty, do some work, man. But he, um, it, it doesn't sound like he's just a. The only thing I could think of initially was he's going to go to Cincinnati, right? It ties to the coaching staff. He wanted to follow Sad. He wanted to follow whoever. Uh, but that usually comes with like an immediate announcement following the the portal thing. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet, so I don't think that's the case. I mean, there's talk that Ole Miss is going to go after him. Certainly, West Virginia's already going after him. I, I'm guessing that somebody, Why would he wait this long to even enter the portal to begin with? That's the other thing. Yeah. Is you would assume that he would have followed the guys who also immediately announced they were going to Cincinnati, or at least did so in like the first week. I mean, maybe like you know, you said it could have been just a not being on the same page with the the new staff and the defense they want to run, or you know, not thought, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm not going to judge it right away, but just over maybe, the last yeah. couple of weeks, maybe just realize <clears throat> I, I can't do this whole year. I might as well make my move now. I mean, and to answer your question, Patrick says, "Inter Patrick's texting us. He says the portal closes the 18th, so two days from now. So okay. this is late to to be entering the portal. It's pretty late, yeah. Although I guess you could technically." Enter it again after the semester's over and, and transfer and be somewhere else for fall camp and all that stuff. But this is late for this this current window. Um, man, it, it's a big loss. There's, there's no way around it. Oh, yeah. Losing him and Dorian Jones, two guys who are going to figure heavily at the linebacker position for next season is not ideal. But I mean, I know we've got at least – I know the linebacker from Kentucky, Stanford transfer, we've got coming come in again. But in, I think we've picked up a couple other linebackers, if I'm not mistaken, as well. That will be playing this year, correct? We've got Stephen Heron from Trinity, yeah. who's coming in, who will help out. Um, we've got a couple of other guys who maybe will help out. I mean, is this leave a holder where maybe we need to dip our toe back in the transfer portal? Oh, yeah, portal for sure. Okay. We'd probably need to go get at least two more linebackers. Okay. I think that you need, you need help at that spot. Especially when, like, linebackers figure pretty heavily into this new defensive scheme that Ron English is bringing here, so... I mean, linebackers figure prominently into every defensive scheme. Well, so yeah. you got to have good ones there. And it's the one position outside of secondary took some hits, but linebacker, you're really losing a ton. So bringing Monty back was a, a godsend, and now losing him is a is a big deal for sure. Um, I don't yeah, – people are all kind of speculating on why he might be leaving. I These are all rumors. I mean, people are talking about NIL deals, stuff that's out there, stuff that I don't feel – Comfortable passing along. I'm assuming he had a nil. I'm assuming he had some kind of nil deal here. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I, he did. I would think he would. I know he did. I, he I think it was like, like the standard. Wasn't. Like like he was tweeting out support of like this business and doing. He did, yeah. I saw him doing stuff like that. And he had, I think a t-shirt deal, but it, maybe he thought it should be bigger. Maybe. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Um, it definitely hurts. Just as long as he doesn't go to. Don't go to Cincinnati. Don't go to Kentucky. We'll be okay. Um, I'd prefer not West Virginia too, but you know. I would too, but they're kind of, you know, they're not on our radar anymore. We don't see them. I love still. I, I do too, but Texas, so which SEC school came in and stole Monty from us? We're going to find out eventually. <laughs> we'll find out. It probably won't Auburn. take long. It, I mean, it sounds like Ole Miss was making plays. Maybe they're mad about Momo coming here last year. I don't know. But They feel like they got a short end of the trade. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but this, this this definitely – I think this now becomes – this an offensive line, if you're looking at positions that Jeff Brom still needs to shore up, because we have, I believe, seven scholarships still available to use. It could be eight. You've got seven – somewhere around there, seven scholarships to work with. You need more guys in the offensive line. you got John Paul Flores. I think you need to go get some more guys like him. Not – sensational all-american type linemen but guys who've played at a high level and who are experienced 
guys who you feel comfortable plugging in and playing for a season or two seasons. And then now I think you need a couple of linebackers. Outside of that, I think that they've they filled the gaps that were there in the secondary. They filled the gaps that were there at wide receiver. Last week they got Isaac Garendo, who's the guy that you needed one more running back. I think he fills that void. You went and got Jack Plummer at quarterback. Go get a couple of linebackers, get a couple of offensive linemen, maybe get a tight end would be the last spot that I think you could use somebody who's a veteran college football player who can help you out at that spot. And then I think you're you're, you're pretty much set. And then you can just sort of do like the best player available type thing. But he's Jeff's done a good job so far at addressing the needs, addressing the holes on the roster. Now he's got more work to be done. Go get some linebackers. Go get some offensive linemen. We should be good to go. And win the national title. And then, and then go win the national title. That's what you're going to do. We're going to be fine. The other, I think, big football topic that people want to talk about right now is what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Because he didn't play for the Ravens last night, obviously. People made a big deal about him not traveling to the game. Which It's not uncommon, though. Exactly. I'm, I'm not sure if that's... If he would have, had he been fully healthy, because it's the playoffs. You but see that in college as well. I mean, injured players don't go on the road. No, they but don't. in the NFL, I mean, like maybe you do for the playoffs. I, like, maybe he would have if he were like this. Still, this team's no, it's like not, people were upset about it last night, and I, I don't know. They're upset because they have no idea that it, no one does it. I mean, you just don't try. You don't. Yeah, you know, it's that's every NFL team. I wouldn't say it's a rule, but it's probably one of those unspoken rules. Yeah, I mean, it's especially in the regular season. I guess people were saying. Other quarterbacks who've been in similar situations have done it. But he, there's all sorts of debate about the the injury. Players are coming out last night after the game defending him, saying he's he's been limping around. Um, other guys were saying, I had the same injury. I was out two months with it. Like, you can't you can't play on it, especially when you're as explosive as, as Lamar is. All this stuff. The reality of the situation is we, mm-hmm. we appear to be headed for a separation. All signs point to a divorce between Baltimore and, and Lamar. You you follow this more than I do. Is that an accurate assessment of, of where it looks like we're headed here? I mean, on the surface it does. I wouldn't be shocked if it still fences aren't mended in some way. I think him and Harbaugh are, do have a strong tie together. Uh, I don't know how his feelings are with Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. I know how the Ravens fans feel about Greg Roman. Being the fact he was trending today because most of them were like, it's 2.15 and this guy's still our OC. And Dobbins called him out last night. Yeah, I mean, Dobbins could be a little hot-headed sometimes. But, uh, that, but yeah, I, I actually do like Greg Roman. I know there's reasons why some people are getting frustrated with him in Baltimore. Maybe it's time for a change, but I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. And his track record shows that. He's been successful everywhere he's been OC at. I mean, he made Colin Kaepernick look like somebody that people thought could come back to the NFL. That's how good his system was with with, with him, but uh, I, it's going to come down to the money. I mean, that's what it really is. I mean, it's just you know, I think there's a good you know, like I said, I think there's good vibes between him and Harbaugh, but him with the organization as well. I think Lamar's got a, is a loyal guy, I and mean, he knows that this is a team that you know, while where everyone else was like, we're not going to take a chance on him, we're going to, we're going to build him around you, and yada yada. But at some point, I mean, you still got to get paid. I mean, and you look at the contracts that Watson and, and, and Murray just got, and, I mean, Murray has done, hasn't done done half of what, what Lamar Jackson's done in his NFL mm-hmm. career. At, at best, he'd be, I mean, uh, the tippy-toeing to do half of it. And Watson has, but, you know, 
his contract. He hasn't been an MVP. He, no, he hasn't been an MVP, but he's put up very good numbers and worth probably, I don't know if he's worth that money, but worth top money. I just don't know. And, and I can get where the Ravens are kind of worried about, you know, is it, do we give him this kind of money? I mean, he's, you know, where Watson is a scrambler, has shown as good a passing ability as well, and being a guy that looks like he can carry you through the air as well as on his legs. And there's wondering if Lamar can do that. Now, Lamar's also really, and also never really had a great supporting cast. I mean, the, the, your top receivers right now are Hollywood Brown. I mean, Hollywood Brown not is like a flea there. market version of Deshaun Jackson in his best day. Well, he's not even there anymore. Yeah, but I'm saying that was that's been somewhat his best weapon. I mean, Mark Andrews has been there with him from day one. He's been there only really good, consistent and receiver. And yeah, and then you saw last night. I mean, he had three Bengals around him, and every every time he left the, the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, there, there's there's obviously different ways you can look at it. That said. I would not be surprised if he isn't gone because I just don't think Baltimore's going to give him the money. Yeah, he did post on his, his Instagram story today. The only public comment that he's made about this, and it's not really a direct comment, but he, he posted like a little like image of like a, I don't even know, it's like from a story or whatever, but it's just that when you have something good, you don't play with it. You don't take chances losing it. You don't neglect it. When you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too which is a not-so-thinly-veiled, I think, message to the Baltimore Ravens to say, hey, things would have been different. Take care of me. We'd probably still be playing football right now, which I think is also a sentiment that most of the rest of the team carries. Now, there are odds about his future. They've got Lamar Jackson's next team odds. Who do you think is the favorite to land him? According to BetOnline, sportsbetting.ag. The... The three that and I've mentioned Atlanta, but I don't think they're number one. But I think they're top five. They're I would the say top number, three. Yeah. Oh, they're in the top threes, and I'm gonna go top three would be in this order: Miami, Indianapolis, Atlanta. Miami. Two of those teams are not on the list at all. Really, Miami's. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised Miami. I don't think went to the playoffs, but it's Miami. They've already shown what kind of dumpster fire they've got going on right there. I guess they're gonna play two until he says I can't play anymore. Okay. They've got the Patriots at four to one as the favorite. Now the reports that have been out there today have been the Jets would be the first team in line, and they're second in the odds at five to one. The Jets, I can see that too. Yeah, Falcons and Raiders are tied for third at six to one. 49ers and Commanders are at seven to one. Titans eight to one. Saints nine to one. Panthers ten to one. Bucks and Texans twelve to one. Packers sixteen to one, and Rams sixteen to one. Those are the Packers odds have, that Packers are have two quarterbacks on the roster already: Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I guess that's predicting. Why don't you put the Eagles on there at sixteen to one too? Maybe Rodgers is not going to be there. Where are the Lions at? The Lions are not on there. Oh wow! Apparently, the Lions have more faith in Jared Goff than the Packers do in Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Well, I mean, I think the the, the thought is that Rodgers may call it a career. He's, he's still Jordan Love. He's the number one. He took in the first round ahead of a pick higher than Lamar was. Hadn't looked great. <laughs> he hasn't. I tell you now, if, Jerry if, Goff lit it up. So if, if, Hurt, if Hurts didn't have the season he did this year, Eagles would be at the top of that list. But yeah, for sure. I mean, they'd be especially with multiple draft picks we have in the first round coming up. Um, I, I still think Atlanta's the perfect fit for him. I think it'd be good. Just in general, I mean, Michael Vick kind of two coming back and going to Atlanta. They've got a nice little supporting cast. The, the coaching staff I think would fit him perfectly. We're going can be. Would love to have him. I'm sure. Um, Carolina, maybe, I guess. I could see them putting up the money and selling that. It's also got to matter. You got to find where he goes. You got to think you have an owner who's going to be willing to give him over $200 million. Yeah, 250 that, was the, the that's, price. That's, that's, that's the thing. That's that's where you got it's not It's not as much 
where it'd be a good fit, who has the, you know, the draft capital to maybe get him, how much do you get for how much you have to give up for him? It's the guaranteed money. I mean, apparently that, that was according to all the reports, that was the the big divide between him and the Ravens. Now, because if, if you have an owner, I look at Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland, that is willing to pay that money, they're willing to probably trade the draft picks as well. And you're probably thinking if, I mean, Deshaun Watson got three firsts, two seconds, and a fourth. Lamar, probably, they're probably going to want something close to two, at least two firsts. Uh, if not, and then maybe some other lower picks as well. So, and then... If it's coming into this draft, I mean, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, do you look at wanting to move him to a team that's going to be drafting near the top of the board to where if you're going to move him, you can get another quarterback with that pick? You know, if you're picking like fifth or sixth, maybe, you know, you already have because you, you don't have your second round pick in the Rake One Smith trade. The, the other thing is you've they're got, going to franchise tag him, so they're going to get something out of it. That's this. the word. You, you've got to find a team that's willing to rework their entire style around him because that was, he was the perfect fit in Baltimore. They had Greg Romans who'd worked with Michael Vick before. Yeah. They had a coach in Jim Harbaugh who fully believed in him and was willing to. Romans that worked with Vick, he worked with uh, Kaepernick. And, uh, is that what it was? Yeah, Roman has always been next to a Harbaugh. And it was who, in, in, in Buffalo, Tyrod uh, Taylor. Tyrod Taylor That's who I'm playoffs, thinking of. Yeah. Um, so That's you had just... a, an offensive coordinator who was familiar with the style and you had a head coach who didn't mind you know, bucking conventional wisdom and going all in on this and, and hoping that it was going to pay off in a big way, and it did early on. Now you have to find another franchise that's willing to do the same types of things. And most franchises haven't been in this situation before. The vast majority of teams that are considering him haven't had to style their offense around the quarterback because he has such a unique skill set. And that's it's not as easy as it as it looked in the first couple of years with Baltimore. I mean, There's a chance that this could be a massive failure. I don't think – I mean, you don't have to, like, like go to, like, some kind of, like, like – modern day option attack like Baltimore Baltimore does, where the you you know you want a team that just wants to be a run first team and I think in a coaching staff that wants to the stat be kind of you know a, something closer to what Tennessee Titans do except you're getting someone who's a lot more athletic and hopefully a better passer than Tannehill mm-hmm. and that's what you see with Arthur Smith and in, 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 in Atlanta and the Willis kid looks bad too. Uh, say what the Willis kid looks bad over there too who looks bad? The Willis kid for Malik Willis. Oh, Malik Willis. Yeah, yeah. no, he hasn't really panned out exactly. Not what a shock there, huh? Uh, the kid that couldn't make it at Auburn just happened to go to have a decent season at Liberty. Not an NFL quarterback. Blow my mind. Uh, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I mean, the Colts, depending on who they hire, I mean, with the way their offensive line is built, Jonathan Taylor running back, they have good defense. I, I just don't think Ursay would pay the kind of money for a quarterback, so I wouldn't see that working out. The Jets, Woody Johnson probably would pay it. He's getting desperate. Um, I don't know what kind of draft capital they have, but I mean, this, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be very it's, it's gonna be it's gonna change the landscape of two franchises and even even the way the draft is being held this year very much if, if this trade happens before the draft. There's a solid chance that in the near future we see a significantly reduced amount of Baltimore jerseys around the city of Louisville. Sounds like that's at play. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, only 680 wants to be the home of the Ravens anymore. Yeah, we'll see. They might, they might be dropping that stigma. I think it's 939 now. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think we do the Ravens yeah. games. I knew one of them was. I mean, final here before we go to the five o'clock hour. Purdue hangs on for a 64 63 win over Michigan State at the Breslin Center. Zach Eady, front runner for National Player of the Year, goes for 32 points and 17 rebounds. Uh, Pretty impressive performance. In the loss, also, uh, Tyson Walker had 30 points 
who's a transfer from Northeastern back in the day. All right, we'll go to break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours on the way, we'll get back into a little bit of hoops talk, a little bit more football discussion. We can talk NFL playoffs with TK. Monday night game coming your way tonight. Uh, can Tom Brady go on a run? Never can I touch on Tom, TK. Uh, 5 o'clock hours on the way next. Keep it right here on 1450 96.1, The Big X. Somebody who makes you change your ways like hanging with your crew. Said you act like you're ready, but you don't really know. And everything in your past, you wanna let it go. I've been there, done it, walk around. After all that, this is what I found. Nobody wants to be alone. If you're touched by the words of the song, then maybe you got it. You it's not my favorite song. This era of Usher. So let me get so let me get straight. This is what he's breaking up with Chili from TLC. That was. Do you, you want me to tell you the whole story? So he's watching a video with her on it, singing about having to get past her. He. The video's kind of on the nose here. He. So the whole thing. He released Confessions. Confessions, yeah, yeah. And it was the biggest album in the world. Even though I can't remember what songs were on it. Well, you know, um, Peace Up, A-Town, Down. Yeah, I know some of the songs. I just didn't know they were on that album, yeah. The whole rumor was it was an entire album made about Chili breaking up with him because he, he just references throughout the album having an affair, you know, knocking up somebody, all this stuff. I mean, just the song right here. I mean. And the reality is they just, they used the story that it was like Jermaine Dupree, who produced the album, had been going through that. Like the whole, like he and Chili had an amicable breakup. It was fine. There was no drama whatsoever. They just took Jermaine Dupri's drama, made an entire album about it, and kept it a secret for like 15 years. That was the whole thing, which is crazy. Okay, so it wasn't like anything like, like there was no like like insane story in the breakup or anything, really. No, like and and that was the weird thing. Like the songs seemed to be very biographical. It seemed like it was him telling the story that was previously unknown about why he and Chili didn't work, and it wound up being just kind of bogus. But it was a good album. Two things. One. I always thought Chili was the hottest at TLC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always thought she was really hot, especially in the red light, red light uh, special special video. <laughs> anyway, T. Boz left eye. Yeah, but then again, you know, but then, but uh, is that kind of bringing it up? It's because I was like, is there like a curse to like dating a TLC girl? Because I mean, we saw what happened with Andre Risen when he dated uh, Left Eye. Eye. Yeah, she burned his house down. She did. She now she's the one that passed away in the car wreck, right? She did. Okay. I don't know who. I don't know much about T Boss's dating history. I'll be perfectly honest. That's, with you. Yeah, because T Boss, what is her dating history? <laughs> I've got no idea who she's dated. I don't know if it's gone horribly for them. <laughs> I hope not. But two of the three is, yeah. Still not bad, I guess. Still not bad. Although Usher, pretty successful. I'm not sure he's been cursed since breaking no, up with No, no. Like he's done well for him. I like TLC when they came out. Yeah, me too. Welcome to the five o'clock hour. Family was great album. Five o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450, 961, the big X. Uh, we've talked. Can we avoid talking about basketball this hour? 
Yeah. It's the 5 o'clock hour. I know basketball is always the hot thing in the city. I know people have significant thoughts about what took place Saturday against North Carolina. But it just, if you couldn't tell, it just makes me upset. The first hour, I just got, I just got upset. I don't like even talking normally about it, not like yelling and screaming, this is unacceptable. Just talking about the position we're in is just, it's not fun. There's no, there's, people always talk about the best radio, the best time for websites, the best time to do anything fan media related is when times are really, really good or when times are really, really bad. There's no part of me that has fun doing this when the basketball team is, is this bad. There was no part of this that was fun last year when we thought we were at the, the all-time depth of the program. It's not, I, I get that maybe more people listen or more people want to hear things, but it's also gotten to a point where this is no longer like a a hot new thing that we're this bad and that some people want change, some people want patience. We've been dealing with, with this for two months. It's not like last year when Chris Mack left in the middle of the season. It was like, oh my God, we're definitely getting a new coach next year. You know, what can Mike McGee do in the interim? But more importantly, where do we go from here? Like, we've just kind of been stuck in the same spot where it's historically bad. It's been historically bad. It's probably going to continue to be historically bad. Where do we go from here? There's just not, it's not like a coaching search radio. It's not like, there's nothing fun about where we are right now. Everybody just is ready to flip the page to the next season, to the spring, to see what we can get, to see if this roster can improve, and to see if Kenny Payne is or isn't the guy so we can either support him and hope that he can bring us back to national prominence or bring somebody else in who can. It doesn't help. We just found ourselves been repeating ourselves for like three weeks straight. Exactly. I mean, it's, like every game is just like, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess they did we need change. Dan Payne to drop thirty. Like they changed it up a little bit for us <laughs> we to need where it something was, different. Like it was for weeks. It was you know, uh, well, we we start out slow, we get fall behind, you know, we we gave up, and then it was well, we're falling behind, but we fought back a little bit. Now it's when we got a nice start, but then we hit the hiccup in the middle of the second. First. It's just now it's all about preventing the run. Yeah. We're competitive. There's a five minute run, and then we're done, and that's it. And it's just like it's I don't know. I, I just I, I I feel like I'm just sitting on the treadmill with the Twinkie at the end of a stick, chasing it, and I'm never going to get to it. We yeah, we need something out of left field. We need Zan Payne 45 point game, or we need. I mean, the Mike James stepping up over the last couple weeks and nice. developing has been nice, but it gives us some. But we need yeah, we're right. I mean, we need more than that. We're in a rut. We need to spice things up a little bit. We need to get like a boudoir shot or something. <laughs> we, we we need a boudoir picture of, the, of for this team. Like we need something to give it a little little kick in the in, in, in the groin. You know, get get things. It, it, it's getting dull. The, the Mary, you know, it's how are you, honey? How are you? That's where we're at. We're like, you know, it's, it's good asparagus. We're Kevin Spacey before he throws the plate at dinner and says, "Excuse me, I was talking." It's not even dull though. We've just been terrible. Like it just—it's it, just a bad marriage. It's—it's it, just awful. It's—it's it's dull, but it's the same bad thing over and over again. I think, I think we are Kevin Spacey from America. Maybe we are. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, we, we can. If you guys want to talk basketball on the text line, let us know. We'll, we're ready. Come on aboard. We want to win. Okay. We're right here. <laughs> right I'm here. right here, baby. I'm, really, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. I'm trying to think if that's Kenny or the players. I'm trying to figure out which one's which. I think it's me. I think I, I think it's. <laughs> that's the fan base. I think it's the fan base. And the basketball team is, is uh, what's their name? Uh, and a betting. Like, are you, what are you doing? Are you trying to protect, picture yourself winning? Secretly screwing <laughs> Sandy Cohen. I, I mean. Yeah, the, the fan base is as divided as we are and as angry as everybody is. Everybody's on the same page and that we're just desperate to win. Like, we don't, I, I don't think anybody cares how it happens. No. Everybody just wants to win. 
Everybody just we've How lost. We cheat. We've lost thirty-one <laughs> of our last thirty-six games. Imagine telling yourself at any other period in the history of Louisville basketball that that would be a thing. Imagine telling yourself even in nineteen ninety-eight or the last year of Denny Crum that that would ever be a thing. I mean, we're not going to set up for this crap for football. You think we're going to set up for basketball? No, and we Thanks. shouldn't. But there's nothing else you can do. It's not like I mean. Outside of picketing outside the Yum Center, there, there's, there's well, nothing anybody be, can do with it. Yeah, and not, also, don't help it. it's still unclear what the right direction. If this were year four and Kenny Payne had missed the NCAA tournament the first three years, now we're 2-16, and 16, of course. like Everybody would be on the exactly the same page. But there's still at least some debate about what the direction needs to be in order for us all to get back to being happy. I think that's where you see all the anger. That's where you see all the bickering. We just... No, Scooter, I do not want a boudoir shot of the basketball team. I said the basketball team needs a boudoir shot to add a little kick to this team. People who just tuned in the show have no idea how you got to that point either. Excuses to the text Arthritis. Now he wants a boudoir shot of the whole team. No, I do not want to. I do not want to see Sidney Curry in a, in doing a George Costanza. If it would, if it, if it would get us wins. Oh, but get us wins, I'd do it. Yeah, we all. I'd do. go Farmer Fran on that. <laughs> you can, I, <laughs> here's the, so here's the thing you, you don't know about me and it's amazing that if you don't because I, I, I keep no secrets so when I made a video to celebrate my championship in fantasy football uh-huh. I did basically I just lip synced to the outfield winning it all because I didn't want to sing anything so I just did this out I just did this like lip syncing contest from screaming into the, the picture and I got so into it I took off my shirt and started swinging it around oh, and did the Fran, uh, did the farmer Fran on the video <laughs> So when my when my buddy told me he had the trophy ready, apparently he took a screenshot of me doing the the tw- nipple twist in the video, and he put it on the trophy. <laughs> oh my god! You'll see it when I bring the trophy in. I can't wait. Oh, uh, you can't. And then he also wants to know he's like, I, I've got this. Hey, he had to buy the picture apparently in a in a slide of like eleven, like twelve different. Little, <laughs> so he's got a he's got so a somebody saw he's it. got a sheet with. Oh, he said at first they wouldn't do it. They told him it was too risque. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? They said the picture was too lewd. Oh. He was like, "You should be insulted, Trevor." I was like, "Lewd is the nicest thing anyone said about my body in two decades." <laughs> I was like, "I'll take it." But he's got like a sheet with all like the extra pictures of me doing the Farmer Freya nipple twist. <laughs> as uncomfortable as that was, it's still better than talking about actual basketball. And I'm gonna send one to whoever has the best text of the day next week. <laughs> I love. Do you get? I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I, 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 the promoted tweets that I get now are always, it's usually like something random, something silly, or then it's like a tweet from a sports event that's two days old. So the one that I just saw in the middle of all my, my timeline, it's like nothing can stop the chargers right now. And it's like an NFL network tweet. I'll see those. And I have to, before I click on it, I got to make sure to look at how many days it has been since the same. I'm like, sometimes I'm like what? I'll see something wrestling based a lot of times. And I'll be like, what WWE superstar is maybe heading out to AEW. And I'll be like, I wonder what they're talking about. And I'll see like from four days ago, I'm like, oh, I know, I know the story now. So by the way, have you heard the rumors, not only of the Saudis looking at buying WWE, apparently Shad and Tony Khan have thrown their hat in the Uh-oh. AEW maybe, but are we going to have like WCW getting bought out in the middle of live Nitro one night? And this time it's AEW buying Raw. That'd be awesome. That'd be kind of cool. Speaking of the NFL playoffs, I, the Chargers actually watched a lot more just because I, you know, Virginia wasn't around, Mary wasn't around for most of the weekends. So it was just me and this is John. Very hate football. 
Uh, I mean, she doesn't enjoy it, no. <laughs> she doesn't enjoy it. She puts wow. up with it when she has to. But with John <laughs> with John so going to sleep early and John, like, not really – John doesn't care what's on TV that much. He, he likes some songs, but he's not – like, Virginia at that age, like, demanded to watch what she wanted. She was very much in control at all times. John's just, you know, whatever. Like, give him put a ball out there. He's going to throw it against the wall. He'd be great. And so I got to watch most of the playoffs this weekend – the one game that I did not see much of was Chargers Jags, which mm. turned out to be like the most exciting out of the uh, all the games. I only got to watch the fourth quarter, which turned out to be the best part, I guess. Yeah, I mean Chargers doing what Chargers do. They're the the AFC Vikings. Uh, Justin Herbert's kind of the AFC Kirk Cousins at this point. I still, I think you called the Jags game. We were on did. Friday. And you fact, called the win. It was weird because I I told you I'm I'm looking to go six for six and winning. Very nice chunk of change tonight. If I if the if the, the Bucks win straight up. Um, do you care? Do you care to disclose how much? Of them uh, I think on the money line parlay, I win like five hundred. On the spread Hey-o. parlay, it's like twenty five hundred. Hey oh, so let's I, get I, it. Yeah, it's it's a nice little. So you got Bucks winning straight up and covering, and then got them plus. We got them plus two and a half as well. Okay, so I, I mean, so if they lose by two, you're good. Yeah, um, if they lose by two, I lose the the money line parlay. But would still, win but I get the bigger one, which I'd rather win anyway as well. Uh, but Why not that, both. But I have yeah. Well, I'm just be greedy. So, but the Jags won, like, I was, I was doing the, the high school basketball game on Friday night, or Saturday night, excuse me, and uh, Jeff did lose that game, by the way, to uh, to uh, Providence. Oh, uh, man. Our man Zach McBride's Big daughter Yeezy's. sang the national anthem. Did she? She was, Well, her and another girl did a duet. It was, it was really good that we actually got it on the air. Um, but I digress. The uh, I was following this game on the computer, and I'm like, because I knew San Fran had covered for me. I was cruising on that one. And yes, I had Jacksonville winning on money line plus plus two and a half, and I'm falling. It's like thirty to now, twenty seven now. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this parlay ended before it was over. It got started, you know. Guess I, I maybe I'll bet more games tomorrow night. You know, tomorrow's games while I'm here, yada yada. So I have a reason to watch. And I was like, I forgot, got home, and when I made the comeback, I thought just like, this is come on, this is the stars are lining for me, baby. We got to do this. Let's get it done. And I was. It made, made made my excitement going into Sunday a lot more better. But also, yeah, I don't know why I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I don't either. I don't. I mean, I guess I. I mean, I'm, should I? Am I supposed to? I mean, is a Louisville fan? Am I? I mean, I just like like I'm not a big Deshaun Watson fan from our matchups with them, but I, I don't like Deshaun Watson. I like him. Trevor Lawrence seems cool. Yeah, he I like, seems more laid back. He always seems like I also like him because selfishly when we were over at 790. When I saw him, like the very first game that I saw him come in to relieve, was it well, who was the quarterback for? Uh, it was a guy that went to Missouri. Exactly. Uh, and I Kelly, uh, was it Kelly? Wasn't it Kelly something? It was. And now I've just forgotten his name because yeah, there was rumors that he was going to come here after he Missouri transferred. Anyway. And when I saw Trevor Lawrence play for the first time, I said on the radio, and people, like, I was like, in 10 years, that guy's going to be one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I was like, the way he throws, the pedigree, like everything people have said about him. He just he has that different feel to him, and he winds up being pretty damn good. So I'm kind of rooting for him just because everyone got mad at me for saying that, <laughs> and I want to be right about it. Hey, I, I know the feeling. I remember when I saw RG3 for the first time, I told Matt Jones he's going to do something with Baylor, and he laughed at me and said, Baylor's a joke. Baylor will never be anything in football. You were right. Yeah. One of damn Heisman. I also liked RG3 last night 
taking up for Lamar and being like, this is why you don't just put a brace on it and play. Oh, well. He's like, if I'd known back anybody, then. Anybody, yeah, he's yeah. like, if I'd known back then, my career would have been totally different. I mean, it was a, I mean he's got first he's, – he's the ultimate case of – In fairness, though, he'd also destroyed his knee like once in high school and also at Baylor as well. Like he'd been through multiple knee surgeries before. Right, but that it clearly didn't help. It didn't help. No. That he made the decision to play in that game. But Trevor Lawrence – is awesome. They also have Travis Etienne from Clemson. Who's did you see him awesome. in the post game trying to do the interview? Like with grill yeah. in his mouth. I'm like, dude, I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> like him, the fact that him and Trevor Lawrence have been together for as long as they have, and like they just seem like just like the odd couple as well. Like you had Trevor Lawrence with the long hair, the tall. It looks like sun. Looks like you know Adam Adam Driver and Sunshine had a kid together, and yeah, you know he's he's you know all religious and he. Here comes Etienne with the won't take the grill out of his mouth. <laughs> Cracked me up. The other game on Saturday, as impressive as the 49ers were, look, Lions would have won by at least thirty. The Lions would have won by thirty. Plus, what I was saying was I was rooting for. The, I kind of root for the Jags. A, because I don't, I don't, I don't like Trevor Lawrence. So I just don't hate him. I, I'm, I'm indifferent, I guess, with him. I kind of root for him a little bit because his name's Trevor. But <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm going to root for Doug Peterson. I, I am. I'm, I'm going to be a Doug Peterson fan. I'm. He's. I didn't think he there was the the split up with him and the Eagles was was okay with me. Some was dirtier with some than others, but uh, I'm I'm a Peterson supporter. I have the this is the weirdest reason why there's a part of me that was happy to see the Jaguars win over the weekend. So most of the year I walk Penny like the same exact route around our little neighborhood. No, yeah. and there's a house relatively close to us. It's like five streets over that always has a Jaguars flag in I'll their front yard. Too often. Yeah, exactly. Like this, per- imagine how diehard of a fan you have to be to, in Louisville, Kentucky, have a Jacksonville Jaguars yard flag that you leave up year round. Like they have their Christmas decorations, the Jaguars flag still front and center. They've got their Halloween stuff up, Jaguars flag still out I there. I like that. Jags can be like 0 16. They still got the flag up. Jags can be in the playoffs. The flag doesn't change. Like it has been a staple since we I moved like into this house. I like that house. And every time like, they do something, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy as hell for that person. I've, I've never met them. I've never seen them outside when I've been walking the dog. But I see that Jaguars flag all the time, and I'm like, it'd be like me going to, I don't even, like, Los Angeles and having a UofL basketball flag in my front yard that I just never, it just puts out the vibe right there. You may not care at all about this team. You couldn't care less about college basketball or about Louisville basketball in particular, but I'm le- I'm still, I want to let you know. Kind of like the house that did in my street with the Utah, Utah football banner on their yes. door. Yes. Like which just is, how much this I don't means think they leave that twenty four seven because I've driven by. I don't see it all the time. But I love the Jaguars fan. That's that's great. I'm happy for them. I'm, one of these days, if they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to leave them a note in their mailbox. I remember when I was. I remember because I'm, I'm. I remember being. I think it was in sixth, good for you. Sixth grade when the Jags and the Panthers came into existence, and of course the ripple effect that happened because of Jacksonville. I mean that that's what led to the Rams leaving for St. Louis and yada 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 because that was supposed to go to St. Louis technically. Originally it was going to be Carolina and St. Louis. Everybody thought it was the front runners, and then. Jackson just kind of really came out of nowhere and took that team. But I remember when I was, some of my friends were like, I'm going to be a Jackson fan. I'm going to be a Panthers fan. Like, let's get on the, let's get on the ground floor now. You know, let's, let's, how often can you say that? Really not. It's an been expansion team other than the Texans and Browns technically back in, you know, 98, 99 or 01. But so, I mean, I, I got some, I got two friends that are, one's actually a Carolina fan and one's a Jacksonville fan. Hmm. Not to that level, but I, I know they do still root for them. Panthers fan won big early. So was the Jags. They both that's went. Right. They, they both did. They early. both went to the AFC and NFC title games in in year two. God, that's insane. They had a different. I mean, they they also got to experience the NFL's expansion team during free agency. 
his free agency came about two years before they joined. Different time. Yeah, so, and then they, they spent their money well. Jacksonville, though, well, Jacksonville was good up until about 99. It's been, it's been, it's been. Once you get rid of Mark Brunel, you're done. Yeah, the Brunel Coughlin era ended in like 2000, I think. And that's kind of when, that one year where they only lost, I think the only team they couldn't beat was Tennessee. I think they went, didn't they go like, I think they went 15 and three or something. They lost all three games to Tennessee, yeah. including the tournament and playoffs. Now, on as far as yesterday's games are concerned, all three favorites kind of look crappy. One of them lost. Like we we knew the Vikings sucked. Vikings were pay, they were they were paper. Yeah, fraud kings. I've been saying it all year. Yeah, I knew too. Lions were the best team in the North. They're going to be looking at a quarterback next year. They're, part, they're the type of team to get wins or big game Kirk. or Derek Carr or something. I still thought the Giants were going to win, but I thought the Vikings were frauds. The Vi- I mean, Daniel Jones, the legacy continues. The man just not just doing it for my fantasy team, but doing it for the Giants now. Bills only kept that game close because they played like absolute dog. Glad they did. I had Miami plus 13. I was getting nervous. And then the Bengals, you could argue, should have lost to a Ravens team that didn't have Lamar Jackson and a couple of other key players. I still, I still think the Bengals out of those three teams, well, the Vikings are out now. I still think the Bengals, I have faith in them. Moving forward to be competitive. I don't know. They play Kansas City now. Is that right? No, they go to Buffalo. <sighs> I mean, here it comes down to this. It's a, in the AFC, it's a three-team race between Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. In the NFC, it's a two-team race between the Eagles and the Niners. And I said before the season, Chiefs over Niners, Mahomes MVP. I kind of want that to happen. I mean, you just didn't, to be you didn't right think again. it was going to be Brock Purdy leading the team. I did not think it was going to be Brock Purdy leading the team. He He's he's good enough. Brock, it's system it's the system so trust me that everyone wants to get so hyped about brock purdy guess what the quarterback in front of him was doing a good job trey lance probably would i mean i know he was like one and one before he got hurt but i'm with you yeah it's shanahan's just that system he's got it humming and them getting christian mccaffrey it kind of reminds me of the football version of the year the pistons got rasheed walls at the deadline and the pacers were the best team in the, in the east that year we were, we were we were we were set to go to the finals and they get Rasheed Wallace and it turns their whole season around and it gives them that extra bump they needed to beat us, even though they had to cheat but with Tayshawn Prince getting the goaltending call, not called. So you've got, as an Eagles fan, you've got Giants this Saturday night. Yeah. And then more than likely, regardless of who wins tonight, probably the 49ers in the NFC title game. I'd be surprised if Seattle, I mean, if San Francisco lost to either Dallas or, or Tampa. Yeah, I'd be What's shocked. your 1-10, to 10, 10 being the most confident ever, one being, we I'm, got no shot. I'm five. I'm right in the middle. For Super Bowl. To, to beat the Niners? To, yeah, to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm a five. I think it's probably about right. I know it's 100% possible, but I could also see a game where their defense just gets in our heads. And But you're a 9.9 to beat the Giants. I, I watched this Eagles team many moons ago go against a Tampa Bay team back in 02 and a, and a, and a Carolina team in 03, who Eagles were decades ahead of them and better than. We were, we were three times the team Tampa was. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. And we choked that game away. And I, I've, I know different coach staff, different air, different players. But when you go against a good defense, and not that our defense isn't good, but the Niners, you could get that kind of game happen. And I can see it's going to matter who, whose defense steps up the most between us and, and two good defenses. But making it to the NFC title game, you're like a 9.9. Oh, I'm, 10, I'm, I'm a 12. You're not losing the Giants. I have no, I have no problem beating the Giants. 
Should we do a little show crossover with I you, was, and, Sweeney I was, I was you and Sweeney this week? A little crossover, 3 o'clock hour? Oh, he knows I'm not worried. I, already, I, already te- I texted him during the game. Boy, I texted him. I was like, I'm go, I was like, go Giants. He was like, why? You're not, you know, he's like, he texted me back. You're not scared of Minnesota, right? I was like, no. I was like, I'd just rather A, play the Giants miles ahead of having to play Tampa or Dallas because those can be tricky games. And B, I had money on the game. So I was like, I'm, I'm rooting for you that way. What would you do if you lost the Giants in a playoff game? I'd hate life. <laughs> I might, I might, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you, I, you may not have me here on Monday. Uh, which would be worse, losing to the Giants in the divisional round or losing to the Cowboys in the NFC title game when you're clearly the better team? Oh, God, losing to the Cowboys. Yeah, that's what I figured. I don't want to lose the Cowboys at any point. So you'll kind of root for the Bucks, even I, even with Tom Brady magic being out there. I yeah, I'm rooting for the oh god, yeah, I'm rooting for the Bucks. I hate Dallas. Okay, That's I just dis, despise Dallas with a passion. Like I want them to go zero and seventeen. Like them getting a win, just seeing watching them beat anybody, whether it be us or anybody else, is, is makes me sick. We'll pick that game later in the show. Uh, by the way, Red Wings Avalanche right now, hockey's greatest rivalry. Avs up six two. It's not a big deal. How am I cracking, dude? They're they're okay. They're, they're well. They're, Okay. What about the what about, what about my Devils, New Jersey? I got I got an East and West Coast team, by the way. Is that fair? Who'd yeah, you, you rooted for somebody in the playoffs last year. Then, that I, was then, like, then I'm rooting for St. Louis in the Midwest. <laughs> the Devils are doing well. Devils, they're second in their division. The Kraken are. How are the Kraken doing? Kraken are doing well as well, and, and uh, they've won eight in a row. Yeah. Second in the Pacific Division. I think those are the two I have the most shirts of. So that's why you're a fan. Yeah, because the Devils logo is always one of my favorite logos. Devils. Devils. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk actual U of L stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk U of L stuff. We'll take some text from you guys at 502 414 1450. Happy MLK Junior Day. Hopefully, you guys were off, but we're here working for you on a Monday. It's what we do, it's who we are, it's all we know here on 1450, the Big X. Welcome back in. Final segment here of the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on a holiday. Is it Jim Croce or Jim Croce? Croce. Croce. Yeah. So I, I always couldn't remember. His, I, always, I always feel weird when I'm saying his name because I never know what I'm pronouncing. Croce. It's why the basketball coach, Jim Gross, who spelled G-R-O-C-E, people always called him Croce, and he's like, it's it's gross. See, I, same thing with, like, I can always screw up the word pronouncing croissant, croissant, croissants. So I always just get donuts. You can say croissants? <laughs> Sometimes I used to screw it up when I was younger. I can say it now a little more, but when I was younger, I, like, I always... You don't have to, like, enunciate, overdo it. It's not, you don't have to be like, croissant. croissant. Just say croissant. Like, I'd always somehow screw it up, so I'm just like, just give me a donut. Croissant. <laughs> <laughs>
And Jim Croce's another one. I still want to say Croce. 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 Yeah. Croissant. <laughs> we'll take some text here. Are you acting like he's shocked I had trouble pronouncing that word at one point? Let me just pronounce it like you would like croissant. Again, like, I, it took, it, I, I can't pronounce boudoir half the time. I, I, you, you'd love to make fun of me how I say pterodactyl. But you I mean, you nailed it. Now it was just the beginning. You just you just didn't know at the when we first started doing the show. You said pterodactyl. Sapkeimer, which one's right? Which one's not? Now. Yeah, you just nailed it. Pterodactyl. Did I? Yeah, you, you've got it now. Right. You still say episode. Well, I'm not. Yeah, you're not getting rid of it's that. Not, it's just not that's, changing. That's not changing. Yeah, yeah. I you just got to. <laughs> I got to tell, like I tell the ex, you just got to live with it, sweetheart. <laughs> you love me for me. Worked out well. You don't love me at all. <laughs> Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. If you got thoughts, get them in here. We got about uh, 20 minutes before we got to get out of here on a Monday and get ready for some Monday night football. I, I did see, I, I retweeted the picture around Georgetown's campus. Now they have these, <laughs> these flyers that say save Georgetown basketball. And they've got, remember the, the first Obama campaign where they had like the, they would like pixelate those pictures and for the, and it would say hope at the bottom. Yeah, so wasn't, wasn't that a, a spoof off of, uh, uh, Andy and uh, not Andy Kaufman, but, uh, Who's the artist did the, the soup cans? I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was kind of a regardless. It was like a big yeah. thing. You use it. like they have those pixelated images that say Rick and say Hope on them all over yeah. campus. <laughs> They're going. I'm telling you right now. I know they beat UConn over the weekend, but St. John's is is going to fire Mike Anderson. It's going to be a battle between St. John's and Georgetown to land Rick Pitino, and one of them is going to do it. I'm calling it right now. Okay, if you're Rick Pitino, where do you go? I go to Georgetown. I go. To, I don't even think that I wouldn't even yeah. debate it. I think Georgetown's. Yeah, I'd go to Georgetown in a heartbeat. And I think a lot of people just assume he's going to go to St. John's because he's a New York guy. He's got direct ties to Georgetown as well. He's been well, Georgetown's. I mean, it's in DC. It's know? in DC. It's in the Big East as well. He's been a donor to the university for a long time. He had two kids go through there and a niece go through there that he paid for their school. Like Good school. He, it's a great school, yeah. and cl- clearly they have a huge basketball tradition and they still care about college basketball there. They care about it at St. John's, but they care about it at Georgetown, I think maybe a little bit more, at least at the school level. Fan bases are about equal. Yeah. Maybe I more mean, St. John's. I don't know. It's hard to guess with the fan base because Georgetown had such a fair weather fan base back in the eighties, especially or through the or not I want to say early nineties, but mostly throughout the eighties because of their success and For sure. They were just kind of the cool team. They were they were the they were the pistons of college basketball. And they were gonna beat you up, and they're gonna you're not gonna take no crap, and you got you know your coach is seven feet two out there, and and they wanted to be that way, and they wanted to be. I mean, there was a reason why I was Hoya paranoia. Andy Warhol is the artist you're thinking of. Andy, thank you, yes, thank you. And I think that's that's the painting he did was famous for. Okay, and they, they I could be wrong, but I, I usually am. But it was, it was it was a spoof off of a famous painting. I know that. Uh, but yes, I, I St. John's. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I know you got you you got the eighty five run and you got Lou Campanella and the sweaters and I mean sometimes I slip up and still call him the original name and not Red Storm. I mean Yeah. 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 I am going I'm joining Georgetown. George Georgetown looks cooler. Speaking of the Pistons, by the way, Texture says, So Trevor, how did that Prince Block taste? No, nah, the goaltending cheated. I see I'm getting in your head now that you're bringing it up on your own. Garen Sheed, the Lions win a playoff game next year, Mike. The wings are coming back, so lose the attitude. Tigers suck, but I love them. The wings are not coming back. The wings just got absolutely 
destroyed by the Avs today. Uh, 6-2. The Lions will win a playoff game next year. Ooh, I like that prediction. And, yes, we all know that Tayshawn Prince was committed to goaltending, and he cheated. Is that – that's like top five worst moments for you in sports, it seems like. You bring it up a lot. In sports in general? Yeah. It's up there. I mean, that and the the NBA screwing the Pacers out of the finals in 99 – you know, Larry John- Larry Johnson not getting fouled, take five steps at the three, getting four points. <laughs> you didn't get didn't even get touched. Um, that that one's right up there, especially since I got fired from my job as a result of it. I went over to the video store. Um, because I just, I lost. I was watching the game there. I lost it. And you got fired. How uh, does this not come up I before? Threw, we talk about all your jobs. I threw the Mountain Dew bottle across the across the place. <laughs> almost hit like two people, and it's just completely lost. I was screaming curse words. It's like a Friday night, <laughs> and the video store is packed. What was the conversation like when they told you you were gone? Ah, they just, they were like, we heard, you know, I was like, peace. Okay, I'm out. Uh, I knew they were. They no, were what did me. they say? I don't care uh, what you said. Oh, they, they just said that they, people were complaining and they didn't have that. <laughs> they didn't actually fire me per se at that point, but I knew they wanted to. So I just like, just quit at that. Oh, okay. I was like, you know, I'm like, I know, I'm, I can see the writing on the wall. Even though one of the women did offer me a Xanax, I remember when she walked out. Cause I was, jokingly? No, she was like, Do you want a Xanax? Because like, this was over in J Town. Uh, it's right by where Bear Nose used to be. It's like next to the church. <laughs> I know where that is. Yeah, it's the video yeah. store. I told you the story about how we couldn't rent porn until two o'clock on Sundays. Yes. And people would get so mad. They're like, I need my nude women here at you know, eleven fifty nine on a Sunday. God, life was so much harder if you were a great back in the day. I mean, so I mean, so yeah, I was working at that place, and I like I was just so ticked. I threw the bottle; it was ridiculous. I was so mad, and I remember just walking out, smoking a cigarette, and I'm standing on the side of the building, smoking a cigarette. And she walked out, and she's like, "Said something about sports night in the world." And she's like, "You look like you need to come and help me a Xanax," which I took. I mean, not took; I took it from her. I sold it to somebody else because I didn't like Xanax. All right, text line five two four one four fourteen fifty. He's the third text line. That right, that, that and the I mentioned the Eagles game losing to the Bucks was really painful because that was especially knowing that we could beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, texture says, does BHH really have a foot injury, or is he ready to quit the team? I mean, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that when he was ruled out, kind of out of nowhere yesterday, that a bunch of people texted me and they're like, hey man. What's really going on? Like we're we're all just sort of skewed to I believe that there's more. There's reason to believe that, though. Sure, I mean, and we've talked about how the one, maybe not the one big positive, but the biggest positive that you can glean from these first three months, if you're trying to think that Kenny Payne can get it going here, is you've had just as bad a run as you could possibly have on the court when it comes to wins and losses, and you still haven't had near the level of dysfunction that you saw last year, players not freaking out, going on social media, saying terrible things, not nobody suspended, nobody fighting. And, you know, we kept saying that it's great so far. There's still a lot of the season to go. Like, don't maybe let's make sure that we make it a full season with that before that blows up in our face. And maybe that's happening here. People keep asking me, and I'm always as honest as I can be on the show. I don't have a I'm not getting much inside scoop these days from the basketball program. They are very tight-lipped about everything, and when they're going to people, they're certainly not going to me. I've got no idea. Like I, I wish I could like give you like a little subtle hint or something. All I know is what Kenny Payne has said, and publicly he said it's a foot injury. I'm choosing to believe that. If it's something else, I've got no clue. 
The only thing I would say is is, is argument against it's this is the injuries to cover up. BHH is you know getting pissed. He wants out of the team. Yada yada. Is that in the short time I've watched him on the court, I don't think he has the fire in him to even do this. Like that's why it has to maybe be an injury. Like, I I would. He's never shown me that spark on the court to show he could have the um, to, to to say I'm out of here. So why should I think he would do it off the court? Yeah, maybe. I I, I don't. Who knows? Well, like all things, we'll find out in due time. He did say again on his. Was he limping at some point during the, the last game that we? Have? I don't remember I didn't noticing. Notice. I did. I, I did not notice it at all. But he played very limited minutes, though. I mean, he did, and you know, who knows? I know today on the coaches' conference call, Kenny Payne was asked about, it and he said, "Still day to day, wasn't sure if he was going to play against Pitt on Wednesday." But there was no sort of, you know, if there's something else going on, there was no indication that that was the case. I mean, he only, he only played 17 in Clemson. I remember he played fewer minutes than normal. Texture says, we know KP was recruiting last week. That's why he missed the coaches show. Who is he recruiting? We know Nolan is recruiting today. Who's he going to see? We don't know. I mean, Kenny, he's missed three of the last five coaches shows, and they've said he's been recruiting on all of them, and we we don't really know. I don't. I mean, Nolan's recruiting today. I, I couldn't tell you where he is. I've got, I've got no idea. Texas, what is one po- positive contribution Nolan Smith has made on the program so far? The only thing I can think of is him indirectly pissing off Kentucky fans by leaving a position open on Duke staff so they can hire Jay Lucas. That was fun. I like that. <laughs> that was the most positive thing. So far, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, it also pissed off Duke fans, so there was that. That was nice. I, I mean, I, I hope... Congrats with straws on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hope this all works out well for a variety of reasons, but... One is I don't I don't want to see Nolan Smith's career derailed because he had a lot going for him at Duke. He was seen as this big up and comer. He was a full time assistant for the first time last year. He you know done well on the recruiting trail, and you'd hate to see him go to Louisville and, and be part of just a abject failure. I think even if it happened, let's say that I don't think this, even this one season would derail. No, much. but let's say like worst case scenario, Kenny Payne stays next year. They're just as bad, and they clean house after two seasons. He's still young enough and still, I think, well-respected enough that he would be able to get himself out from underneath that stink. Mm-hmm. It would just suck because he came here to try to you know, go back to his roots, bring his family here to a place that means so much to him. I think they all have been planning on staying here for a very long time. I think they're still planning on that right now, and you'd hate to see that just get completely blown up because of a wildly unsuccessful campaign that I think nobody really saw coming. Texas says this has been the first time I'm pumped for football in a long time. Can we just move the spring game up to the middle of February? This will be the most well-attended spring game that we've had in a long time, assuming that Jeff's going to do one. That's so weird. It's before Tuesday's game or Saturday's game against Tennessee with UK. And maybe in whoever they played next, they lose to They could be right back to where they were before the Tennessee result anyway. But like, when's the last time both fan bases were just like, let's get basketball with and start football? I don't think Kentucky fans are there just yet. I think KRC is. Well, I think most Kentucky fans are still, like, they're disappointed in the season, but they're not ready to just, like, turn the page. They still want to see how it ends. Like, there's still reasons for to believe that, that hope can happen. And, I mean, you saw that they beat a Tennessee team that they were supposed to lose to by, like, 14 mm-hmm. over the weekend on the road. Like, there's... No, but they say they get beat by 20 in that game is, was somewhat expected, but it didn't happen. I mean, and, and they're, they're an IT team, maybe. Saying, yeah. I mean... I think some of the fan bases, because there's there's some they they've got hopes for football again, I and mean, why wouldn't they? They just brought back their savior at, o, at OC. They got in the quarterback in Leary. 
which is, you know, a big upgrade, I think, from last year's Levis, despite what his draft status may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they have a reason to be excited, and so and as do we. I'm just wondering, I mean, when's the last time that, that the, both the basketball programs were having this kind of level downness that the, both teams – the, the foot in the football. Had I like hide. what you're doing here. Yeah, I'm trying. We're on the same page. Yeah, we're all, U of O and UK. We're swimming in the same waters in basketball. Indiana, not so much because they're both sports suck. So, I think that going back, remember, like the spring game for a very brief period became a really cool thing. Like, like, like yeah, it was really well attended, and then I think everybody kind of realized, okay, spring games kind of suck, and they they do. But when you're desperate for any glimpse of football because you've been starved during basketball season and you have a lot of excitement for the upcoming fall, you're going to go out there and you're going to watch the team play. And I think this year is going to be the most well-attended spring game that we've had since, certainly since Lamar left, and probably even before then. Because even Lamar's spring games weren't, it was just like, you couldn't rush. Lamar was just going to throw for 700 yards, and that was the way it went. I, th- I mean, they made the announcement, Josh Hurd did, when he talked to the media on Thursday, over a million-dollar increase in ticket revenue since Jeff got announced as the as the new head coach. Over 1,000 season ticket packages sold to new season ticket holders, not not renewals. A lot of people renewing who I think weren't going to renew if Scott Satterfield was brought back. It's There's a buzz around that program right now that has not been around since Jackson left. This is going to be the most anticipated season since that 2017 year. And, I mean, it's just, yeah. I, th- I think most Louisville fans are ready to turn the page and start focusing on football. Texas says T-Boz uh, married rapper Mac-10. Really? Did not know that. I did not know that. Texas, I'd rather go more in depth talking about John's rock hard poop from last night than talking about Louisville basketball. <clears throat> well, it was Saturday night, but it was it was very hard. <laughs> yeah, Louisville's rock hard poop was Saturday morning. I felt bad. Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Nice. I felt bad. He woke up squealing, and I knew it was either teeth or poop. And I went in there with a little bit of like like Motrin for the teeth. Ended up not needing it because it was the poop. Smelled it right away. A little bit of whiskey on the fingertip works for both. Well, poor guy was knocked out. I'm changing him. He's just, he's he's knocked out. He's just trying to fall asleep. And it was very hard. <laughs> that must have been one hell of a poop. It was a hell of a poop. I mean, Rock hard. <laughs> We've all I been there. I felt bad for him. It was terrible. Um, you ever fall asleep on the toilet? <laughs> I've not. <laughs> I'm assuming you have just based on the, I mean, the fact oh, that you yeah, asked the question. Oh, yeah. I've dozed off a couple times. Have you ever done it sober? Please say no. Just say no for my say no. no. Thank you. <laughs> You're on the radio. Just say no. I mean, I can well, not just so, but I'm, what about sick? No. I've never passed out on the toilet. No. Ooh, Mr. Mr. Goody Good. No. I've I've passed out of the places, but no. Like Paul asleep on the toilet? I feel like as as bad of a drunk as I used to be at times, and I was <laughs> I was bad. I always had like I, I never just I, I always get myself somewhere where I could fall asleep. Like I, I would always make sure that I was like on a couch or like What's had a blanket or something. Falling asleep and passing out though. I feel like passing out you have no control. Like you could be just anywhere and boom, you're down. Yeah, I passed out on Saturday night sitting there watching TV in my in my in my chair. So like, you're still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt like I would find myself a decent place. I was like my last like effort of consciousness is like just get yourself somewhere where you can sleep. When's the last time you passed out and woke up and didn't know how you got there? Oh, it's been years at this point. Mm. It's been a long time. I've never I've only black I've only actually blacked out once. And that's because somebody gave me something I don't I'm never taking again. And I was like, I'm yeah, I'm staying away from this because I have no memory of like like I'll have like spotted memory, like even though I had I'm like messed up a party you do, you, you vaguely remember things you did. Yeah. Brown some, out. 
sometimes you wonder, you hope you didn't do them, but you think you did them. Yep. And like this was like only once have I ever blacked out, woke up, and had literally no memory of what uh, I did the night before. That happened to me many times. I've, see, I've only had it once, and I hated it. Yes, it's not a good feeling. It's no. Texas is all I'm saying. Texas is all I'm saying is Scott Satterfield won seven games this year, and essentially everyone hated him, and he's going to win more games than Kenny Payne. He's, he's doubled him up so far. Yeah, he's he's going. We're not even talking like winning like seven to six. He's he's literally doubled him up. He's tripled him. He's bringing in the relief pitcher early, and not not the good relief pitcher. He's bringing in the midweek guy. He ain't bringing a relief pitch. He's bringing the center fielder out there. He wants to give a shot at throwing pitches. He's going to win this thing 7 4 7 5. We got Canseco out there throwing pitches right now. Texas pain cannot be this bad in year one and expect another year. There's a good chance that we end up with the least amount of wins in all of Division One. The only teams with less right now are Monmouth and Delaware State. Harper doesn't have four or two wins, do they? They've got, they see on the net rankings, they've only got like they've got one or two, but that's because they count the games against non-Division One teams. They've got four overall. They've beaten three non-D1 teams, though. Their only win this year over a D1 opponent is fairly I mean, you even count our, you count that for us, and we still only got three. Monmouth has one win overall. Green Bay's got two wins. God, this is... Take that, Tony Bennett. This is the saddest damn thing I've ever had to talk about on the radio. Elon is, is two, and fifth, 2 and 16. Really? I figured there's some stories I've brought up that were more depressing than this. Elon's 2 and 16, but they've got no D1 wins. Elon Musk? No, Elon the school. Oh, North Carolina. They've beaten Erskine and Johnson and Wales NC. Are you having a sounds like a shampoo company? I feel like you're having a stroke in the middle of reading those names. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Texture says uh, St. John's coach was not Lou Campanella. It was Lou Carnesecca. Did you say Lou Campanella? I did. (laughs) He wore the sweaters. (laughs) Lou Campanella. (laughs) Lou Carnesecca. Who came and hell was the catcher for the Dodgers, right? Texture says, <laughs> here's your basketball distraction. It's a picture of my face on Costanza's body doing the pose. Thank you. <laughs> Texture says, I always want UK to lose. But I never thought a UK win would upset me more than a 20-point UofL loss would, but here we are. Yeah, I was not happy to see UK win that game. I'll be perfectly honest. Did not was not great to see them have that hope. Just back. I actually when I when I when I saw it I thought it was a good sign for us that this was gonna be a good day in, in the in the bluegrass. Terry says, Hey guys, it's Ross. Let's just say Jay Wright is the next guy. Well, I'd, no. love, I'd love to say that. Nolan is the type of assistant that you could see Wright keeping around for a variety of reasons. And also Nolan and his family would probably want to stay. I'd like to keep Nolan if there's a change after the season, just me. I would think he'd be the only one kept if there was one. If we're getting Jay Wright, he can bring in three guys I've never heard of. I don't care. But it's, yeah, it's not happening, guys. No, no, I don't mean Jay Wright. I mean just if you were to play, if Kenny was to step away after the season, which again I don't, very utterly shocked to see happen. Yeah, me too. Um, I've been shocked before, but it would be, I would be shocked. Would be, I could see uh, someone coming in, Nolan being the only one that would be kept off the staff if if a new regime was to come in after year one. Sure, I mean Danny Man's gonna go somewhere else where he thinks he can be interim yeah, head coach. Jen will just return back to Oregon. Yeah, Jen. Jen. <laughs> I mean, maybe Reese or some of the other guys are just like, you know, sitting in row three, but are part of the staff type thing, maybe. But did you catch it? I know you were fixated on football, but did you catch any of the women's basketball game against Florida State yesterday? All I saw was we won. And it was a good win. It's a hell of a win. I mean, they, I heard. Florida State was unranked, but they're, I think they're probably, if the new polls come out, they were going to be ranked this week. Uh, they're, they're 16 and three. They're very good at home. We had taken that gut punch loss to Virginia Tech on, uh, on Wednesday. And, 
The Florida State's bitter because we took their top player last year, didn't we? They didn't. She bowled out against them yesterday. Yeah. But Haley Van Lith hits a crazy shot in the final minute. We're up to we're running the clock down. She hits a step back, like just teardrop shot that almost hit the ceiling. Goes down. Big time win for the Cards. They'll take on Boston College this week. I think that game's on Tuesday and this weekend. The big our new sort of ACC rival has become NC State. They've been so good. They're good again this year. They have been. I think they're number 13 last week. I don't know where they are in the new poll, but we're going to play them on Sunday. So another big week for the Cards. But they needed they needed a big win after just kind of falling short in all their big games so far this year. And hopefully this will get them rolling a little bit. All right. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, okay. do we have any updates? I know Mary was gone on Saturday. Any updates on the Harry front? Oh, I've not got an email about the royal family today. No royal family details. No royal family. Stuff. I got to know where they're eating today. What? Not that I've seen. Let me check real quick. Doesn't no nothing. We got we got nothing today on the royal family. They're done. It's over. The book is, the book buzz is done. Uh, tonight, Trevor, one last super wild card weekend game. Why do you call it? Super? I don't know. Stupid. It's just wild card. With did you really have to add the super? Walker weekend sounds better anyway. It just does. It just, it, yes. Cowboys Buccaneers on the road. Uh, the Cowboys are, despite being twelve and five, and the Bucks being eight and nine. Eight fifteen is the kickoff. ESPN and ABC both will have the coverage tonight. Dallas is a three point favorite. Magic Man Tom Brady. Does it continue tonight? This is the most picked upset game that I think I, I can remember in a long time, at least when the records have been this lopsided. I feel like everybody thinks the Bucs are going to win this game. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, well, I mean, something's going to break. I think Brady is like 7-0 lifetime versus the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have lost like nine straight on the road in the playoffs. Ooh. Some stat like that. Don't hold me to the exact numbers, but then again, I thought Lou Carnesecca was Lou Campanella for a minute. So. Okay. <laughs> big, by the way, big difference between those two. Yes. <laughs> Not just the sweaters. Um, I like Tampa to win tonight. I just, I maybe I'm blinded by my hatred of Dallas. I think Dallas is a good team when they want to be, but I they've looked terrible. To us, I hate, Mike McCarthy's just, just he's stuck. dumb. He's, he's, he's not idiot. a good coach. Not a good coach. He's horrible, and he's just. I just can't, and I, I'm not. I like Todd Bowles. I think he got kind of a rod dealing with the Jets. Um, I don't know how much he's able to coach his team or how much Aaron's is over his shoulder, but I like Todd Bowles nonetheless, and I like Tampa to win this game. I'll say uh, 27 to 20. I think the Cowboys have, have been bad down the stretch. The Bucks have been even worse. Like They've they've been lucky to win the two games that they've won in the last five. They've, well, two of those were like Carolina, well, Carolina, Carolina, I think. Or Carolina and the Cardinals, they should have yeah, lost. Yeah, two they, horrible well, they, teams. They just got gifted a win there on Christmas night. Like They've not been good. I still just for whatever reason, I'm with you. Like, I think they win, I, but it also wouldn't shock me if the Cowboys come out and they win by like 25, and we're all like, "Why did we support the Bucks? Suck? Is it just because Tom Brady?" Um, I mean, if they do, they blow out Brady. They blow them out, and Brady goes down. I mean, do we see? I wonder if Tom Brady comes back. You know? Probably not. I don't think so. And he should maybe tries to get his family back together. I don't know. Um, I'll take the Bucks though. Ugly ass game. 20 to 17. McCarthy does something stupid to lose it. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm picking this mainly because I want you to win your bets. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, and the Cowboys suck. Hope, root for the Bucks tonight if you love TK. If not, that's fine too. We've got Western Kentucky Hilltopper basketball coming your way uh, after us. I think we'll have pregame coverage right here and then tip off at 630. Who are they playing? Who's who playing? Western. That's no doubt. I don't know. Tune in and find out.
Florida Atlantic, who's Cut. nationally ranked. Number well, why 20, you got to ruin the tease, man? Number 24 FAU, 16-1 overall. They're coming to EA Diddle Arena, 6.30 tip-off. or six. It's like when we have a surprise guest on a, on, a, on a wrestling match. You don't tell everybody. You want them to tune in and see who it is. Catch the action right here on 1450 The Big X. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Have a fantastic Monday night.